Very good morning to you. Welcome to The Big Issue. The Big Issue is your platform for incisive analysis and riveting conversation. Uh, my name is Selom Adunu. As always, the show is live and interactive. You can join the discussion uh, with your messages via our various platforms and, and our various socials. Uh, this morning, we want to look at two key issues which have dominated the week. The first is the political uh, cataclysmic you know, event that has shaken the MPP and to some extent the country. Alan Chermantin, a founding member of the New Patriotic Party, resigned early this week and formed his own movement, the Movement for Change. He says that he wants to contest the 2024 elections as an independent candidate because he did not think that the processes leading to his party's uh, uh, election of a flag bearer were fair enough. Of course, he did withdraw from that race, and he says he did not see the reason why he should continue being part of a tradition that has lost its values. The question is, is Alan Chermantin going to make any impact beyond what other independent candidates and breakaway parties candidates have made in the past? Ghana appears to be clamoring for a third force, but is that in reality? And is Alan Chermantin the man to lead that third force? What impact is his candidature going to have on the New Patriotic Party and even on the NDC and election 2024? We will look at all of that for you this morning. Also, uh, there's been some issues at the Kolebu Teaching Hospital regarding fees for kidney dialysis. Um, ordinarily, before an institution, uh, a government agency like the Kolebu Teaching Hospital, increases its fees, there's a process it goes through. Uh, management will have to make a representation to the board. The board will have to consult the Ministry of Health, and the Ministry of Health will have to deal with Parliament and a few other important institutions before such an increment can happen. This time around, just a management decision was taken to increase the cost of dialysis from somewhere around 350 cities to over 700 cities, about a 100% increment. And, and, you know, the, the, the mother ministry did not know about it. And as we speak, we understand the ministry has summoned the management of the Kolebu Teaching Hospital for a meeting. The management uh, has since made a U-turn, but their explanation or justification is that uh, things are expensive and they are unable to meet uh, the basic cost of running the dialysis program or unit. Is the increment justified, really? Or is it just a procedure that was problematic? Uh, this is our discussion today. Uh, we will take a short break, return, and give you some updates, introduce our guests, and then we'll get a discussion underway. Once again, this is a big issue. You are welcome. Welcome back to The Big Issue. Two issues on the table uh, this morning on your platform for incisive analysis and riveting conversation. One, Alan Chermantin leaves the MPP, forms his own movement, the Movement for Change. He says Ghana needs a leader and not a political party. And he thinks he's that leader to help Ghana transform and bring Ghana to the promised land. Uh, is that really the case? Uh, what must he do? Does he have the capacity, really, to marshal the forces uh, to, to, to move uh, his movement uh, to the Flagstaff House or the Jubilee House. Uh, what really does his 
movement mean for the MPP and even the NDC in election 2024? Uh, does he really want to win to be president? He says so, though. Or he just wants to cause an upset in the new patriotic party so that the breaking the eight agenda is really broken into pieces. Uh, we also look at the matter of the Kolibutin Hospital and the dialysis cost matter. Uh, the Ministry of Health has summoned the management of that institution uh, for a meeting because they say that the increment, uh, which has since been reversed, was done without the approval of the ministry. Uh, what really is the procedure and why did it happen like that this way? Uh, cost of living, cost of uh, consumables and things, Kolibutin Hospital says, are high, and that is the justification they provided for the increment. All right, let me provide you some updates uh, uh, before I introduce my guest and kick off the discussion. Now, the former trade minister, uh, Alan Chermantin, this week announced his decision to break away from the new patriotic party and run as an independent candidate in the upcoming 2024 elections. Mr. Chermantin's decision has sent shockwaves through the political landscape as he has been a steadfast or a, a founding member of the New Patriotic Party. According to Alan Chermantin, he had endured unfair treatment from the MPP for about 15 years now. He also raised concerns about some hostility and brutality towards him and his supporters, despite all the sacrifices that uh, he says is made for the party. There is more in the following report. You still live on the City Newsroom. Former Trace and Industry Minister Alan Chemating has declared his intention to contest the 2024 elections as an independent candidate. This follows his withdrawal from the... Under the circumstances and given the context provided, I wish to use this platform to announce that I'm honorably resigning with immediate effect from the new patriotic party to contest for the high office of the President of the Republic of Ghana in the 2024 general elections as an independent presidential candidate. This announcement was however met with cheers and joy from members of his team who arguably were expecting same. But Alan Chomatin did not miss the opportunity to provide a context for his decision. This was timely, as he has on several occasions been criticized for threatening to leave the party when things do not go his way. Critics usually point to his near resignation in 2007 to ground their point. He, however, explained that the incidents in 2007 that necessitated the decision to resign still persist and forms part of the broad reasons of his resignation from the party. The divisive and hostile attacks on my person and my supporters remained for several years thereafter and have continued to date. It is common knowledge that any party member who is associated directly or indirectly with Alan Chamatin is treated with disdain and considered an outcast. He did not mince words in expressing displeasure about how his sacrifices to the party have not been appreciated. It is abundantly clear to me that my services and contributions to the party are not appreciated. 
His wife, Patricia Christabel Chermartin, who was elated by the decision taken by her husband, spoke to the press on the possibility of Mr. Chermartin becoming president in 2024. You will agree with me that now the signal is clear and it is more than possible that this will happen. Who is Alan Chermartin? Tell us about him. Alan Chermartin is a good man. He's the honest man. He's the man with vision. Alan Chermartin appears to have thoroughly thought the decision through as he hopes to rally the Ghanaian youth in achieving this. I will establish and lead a new movement for change in Ghana. The brand logo for the movement is the monarch butterfly, which, which politically symbolizes change and transformation. In Akan, it is known as Afafanto. The brand motto of the movement is Ghana will rise again, which symbolizes hope for the future of Ghana. The new movement will be led and powered by the youth of Ghana. The governing New Patriotic Party, in reaction to this decision, has described it as unfortunate. In a statement by the party's general secretary, the party urged MPP members to remain calm and await an official address by the party. All right, so um, you saw Alan Chimantin in that piece there. Um, now, the New Patriotic Party has accepted the resignation of the former stalwart of the party. The party addressing the press called on party members to desist from attacking Alan Chimantin uh, following his decision to break away from the party. The leadership of the party also rejected claims that the party has been hijacked by a select few. The party's constitution further states in Article 13.2.2 that where there is more than one contestant, each delegate will cast his or her votes by secret ballot for one of the contestants. Therefore, the demand by the petitioners for delegates to vote for five persons instead of one is certainly unconstitutional. The former trade and industry minister also claimed that his supporters have been victimized and treated as outcasts. The governing party through its general secretary, however, says there's no iota of truth in the position taken by Mr. Chermartin. In reference to Mr. Chermartin's concerns, which include allegations of intimidation against his supporters, it is noteworthy that certain government appointees, including cabinet ministers, who openly declared their support for him are still at post and have never been intimidated. A leading member of the New Patriotic Party and former member of parliament for Ablikman North, Kwame Nabateos, however, indicated that the decision will end Alan's political career. I felt sorry for him because he's taking the, the worst decision he can ever take in his political life. Why do you say so? He's finished. As a politician, this is the end for him. Do, do you think he's been treated unfairly? He says he's been treated unfairly. I wouldn't judge. But we have processes within the party for dealing with unfair treatment.
All right, so uh, the New Patriotic Party accepted the resignation of Alan Chamartin, and uh, the party appears to be moving on. Alan Chamartin appears to be taking his direction, his own direction also. Uh, so we are also here to analyze what has been happening and what will happen, uh, give a prognosis of what will happen in the future in respect of Alan Chamartin's uh, declaration of intent, the movement for change is independent candidature election 2024, etc., etc. To help me do the discussion today, Aharuna Mohammed, Deputy General Secretary of the New Patriotic Party, uh, Al Hassan Suini, Member of Parliament, Tamale North, on the ticket of the NDC, Ebo Bachman, spokesperson the Alan Chermantin uh, campaign, uh, Franklin Kujo, President Imani Africa, and then Sami Krab, a former national vice chair of the MPP. He will be joining us uh, and, and espousing his views on what has been happening in the new patriotic party. So this is our show. Gentlemen, you're welcome uh, to the program. I, I started with you, uh, Ebo. Um, this, a lot of, some people um, anticipated this. Others also thought, well, Alan would just follow the bitter pill, sit aside, may not be very active in the party. But to, uh, to resign uh, was a bit difficult to take from certain viewpoints, even though it's happened before. And then now he, 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 he sets up his own movement, not a political party, a movement, because he says Ghana doesn't need a political party. Ghana needs a leader. And given the history of our country and how uh, such candidates, independent candidates, are performed, Allah should be very bold in taking this decision. But uh, we've had quite a number of things. Bring us up to speed on why Alan Chermantin, you know, took this decision, leaving the party he helped found and now establishing or setting up his own movement. Yeah, thank you. Um, first and foremost, let me, let me say hi to the, the monarchs. Um, you refer to ourselves uh, the members of the movement as monarchs. Uh, because, monarchs. Yes, because you are, you are using the monarch butterfly. Okay. As our... So monarch as, as in how? Monarch as in royalty? Or, yeah. Okay. Um, when Mr. Lenchamatin spoke at the press conference, he listed a lot of issues that led to the decision that he took to step out of the party and form his own movement to prosecute an agenda that will see to the transformation of Ghana's economy from where we are to another level. Some of the issues um, are issues that were known already. One particular issue that came up to me recently that really, sh you know, shook, really shook my heart was the one that happened in 2008, I think. Mm. After Mr. Lencha Martin conceded victory to Nanado at the Ligon Congress, According to Mr. Lancha Martin, one day he was, in office, he was in his office and he put on his television 
and what he saw was shocking. Mm. That the candidate then, Leonardo, Leonardo, was launching his campaign. And the MC of the program said, these are the elders of the party who are here to be part of this program. Mr. Alan Chamartin is the one who is not here. He has traveled. The man oh. was right there in Ghana. Really? Oh, yes. So, so you can see the genesis. No, but but people, people have issue with that because in 2000 and, and, and 2008, when the campaign team itself was put together, Alan Chamartin was, was a major pillar of that campaign so, team. No. That, that is, so I'm, 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 I'm making an argument, mm. I'm advancing the point, that when they were launching the campaign, he was in this country, he was not invited. Mm. So that should tell you something. That they didn't want him in the party, or the, yes. the, the Nanado Danko Kufado team didn't want him? Ordinarily, I wouldn't want to be talking about some of the things that mm. happened in those days. The last time I was here, I told you, in 2007, I supported Mr. Alan Chamantin. Mm. I was one of his key supporters. And I was contesting the Cape Coast seat in 2008. Mm. I had contested four years earlier with, with uh, Honorable Christine Checher. Mm -hmm. I was the youth organizer of the party. I was a presiding member of the assembly. Mm. I was disqualified. Because, because you didn't and, qualify? I'm coming. And the letter in which... I mean, the letter that was given to me was given to me after the primary had been conducted. Mm. In the letter, it was mentioned that for a reason that cannot be stated in the letter. That's what the letter said. Oh, yes, I can't be allowed to contest. And the announcement came on Friday evening. The election was held Sunday morning because they knew I could go to court. I mean, these are some of the things that happened. No, no, but how, you, you know you were disqualified. So your disqualification became public knowledge. So you think the letter came late because they didn't I mean, now, of course, this is politics. Mm. Why Friday evening and Sunday morning? Mm. The point is that some of us, we've gone through this party. I mean, And so your I, view I is that party. you got disqualified because we don't know the reason. The, the reason letter was, didn't no, state the reason. Yes, that is what, that's, that's what I'm telling you. I was one of the key supporters of Alan Chamartin. In fact, I was one of his campaign coordinators. Yeah, but you can't just, you know, connect your disqualification to Alan Chamartin without more. Because maybe you could have done many things as a youth organizer. You could have done many things as a presiding member yeah. for which they could not state, I mean, which they could not state in the letter. So for you connecting your disqualification to Alan Chamartin without adducing further evidence, that is difficult to take, isn't it? Let me tell you, to the extent that even regional treasurer, regional, uh, regional treasurer was disqualified as well, because it's also one of the... Uh, the regional uh, treasurer was also contesting, wanted to contest yeah, the same thing. Yeah. And he was also not giving a reason. And you're, you're, you surmise that is because no, I'm saying were, that, you guys I'm were saying that A lot of things happened prior mm. to the disqualification. Meetings were held. Mm. And I'm telling you, the only reason why some of us were disqualified mm. is the role that we played in Mr. Alan Chamartin's campaign. And I'm saying that we all joined the party in 1992. I joined the party because I saw the party to be different from NDC at the time. Because mm. NDC had just transited from PNDC. Mm. And I saw some values that were being espoused by the party. Mm. So I joined MPP. Mm. And I can tell you, as Mr. Alan Chamartin himself said, 
those values cannot be found in a party. Maybe a few of them, but some of the values that attracted some of us to the party, mm. for me, about 90% are known. Values of what? Internal democracy, etc. True but, internal democracy. Yeah, but that's still there. You, you are undergoing I mean, a, 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 an internal democratic process. I'm, which I'm, will and come I'm qualifying it a true, election in, true internal democracy. A party that believed in rule of law. Mm. In those days, when we set rules, we don't break them. Mm. Now we set rules and we break them. What well, rules? The, the rules are clear in your constitution and in your guidelines. Let me give you a typical example. I, I, in fact, I, because we have moved on, I usually don't like to talk about the things that have, that have occurred. But then, if you check, prior to the superdelegate, the party itself came up with rules and regulations to manage the process. Mm. One of them, just one of them, was that no one is allowed to camp delegates. Mm. Okay, let me add another one. When there is a tie, should there be a tie? The same process that started, that was used, I mean, the same rules and regulations that were used from the beginning will be used to the end of the process. Mm. Camping took place. Camping took place. Mm. When Mr. Jacum and Mr. Denimo tied. tied up and they wanted to break the tie, what happened? The, the, the second highest decision making body of the party took a decision, which was within the rules. Which rules? The, the, the constitution, which is supreme to the, the guidelines. So, so then, why, so why, then why, 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 why didn't you use the constitution of the party? Yes, I mean, so by the Constitution. No, what I'm saying is, why didn't you, why didn't, you, why didn't you use the from the word go? Mm. No, the Constitution uh, is just a framework, and so you need to fill in with. I mean, with, I mean, um, Salom, Salom. I mean, the point I'm making is that I mean, this is not the MPP. Some of us joined in 1992. I mean, that is why we have moved on. And as I said, I really don't like to talk about some of the things. Very well. Uh, because so, I'm, so, I'm not so a member of that really, party. So really, you think that Alan Chairman thing? Alan Chamartin has or was not properly was not well treated in the MPP, but he stayed on. I mean, yeah. you know, he, he stayed on. And the question people have asked is, if Alan had won the 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 August superdelegates election, given the same factors, would he have would he have left? Even if, if he placed second, would he have left? He, he wouldn't have been sure. No, you see, we need to know who that man is. He 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 didn't withdraw because of the position. Because after all, that election was not for to, f to determine who was first, second, third, and fourth, or fifth. Mm. That election is for qualification to the next stage. So he qualified. Yes, but it, it tells a lot of, it tells a lot. If, if you qualified, and you qualified a distant third, when since 2007, you had been second. I mean, it, it tells a lot. It means that you are losing ground. Your popularity in the party was, it, was dwindling. It is not a position. Mm. It is the, how the process was handled. Mm. And if you're a principled person and you believe in certain values and you don't see those values being espoused, I mean, what do you do? I, I usually liken to the situation what happened mm. to a situation where there is one way 
Mm. You are using a Tico, you have a right of way. And you see an articulated driver driving carelessly towards you from the wrong way, if you like. You have the choice to continue because you have the right of way to insist on your rights mm. <laughs> to go and meet an articulated driver. Or you park aside for the driver, the articulated driver to go probably to, to carry um, on with um, his suicidal um, decisions. But the point I'm making is that if you consider what the man went through in MPP, for instance, the asin not how he was treated as a founding member of the party. Mm -hmm. I believe enough is enough, and we have moved on. Very well. Um, as a friend of mine would like to say, he said, today is the tomorrow we spoke of yesterday. Mm. We have moved on. We are no more members of the party. So anytime we have opportunity to speak to Ghanaians, we're going to tell Ghanaians how we're going to provide an alternative to NDC and MPP in the next election. Mm, very well. Yeah. Uh, Haruna, I mean, this is your party. Uh, your party has lost a major, major uh, pillar. Alan Martin is no mean uh, member. I mean, he, he's been the guy. I mean, the gentle giant of a kind. And he's left the party. He didn't live happily. Of course, people don't leave parties happily. But he stated quite a number of reasons. He says that the party today is not the same party he joined many, many years ago, or the party he helped form many, many years ago. The party's lost its values. The party's been hijacked by a select few. You will tell me who those select few are, <laughs> you know, and, and the, the party is no more properly democratic. I mean, he said a number of things, and that he's, he's been a victim of what he called the anti kufour sentiment in the party. Uh, and not a number of other things which are not very complementary to your party. You have accepted the, the resignation, and it appears you are also moving on. This obviously will affect your party's chances in 2024. Uh, thank you very much. I would like to say good morning to uh, our charity viewers, and good morning to my colleagues on this platform. Uh, I, I want to believe that uh, by the time we go to the elections, Mr. Bachman, we move from the monarch back to the biggest <laughs> to elephant, an elephant. The big, biggest animal, animal in the bush, that is elephant. <laughs> I, that is what I believe, because uh, blood is always thicker than water. Um, yes, certainly the MPP uh, is not moved by what is happening currently. Uh, we have indeed officially accepted uh, Mr. Allen's uh, resignation, and uh, we acknowledged his contribution to the new patriotic party. Um, we also disagree with a number of issues that is raised by Mr. Alan Kojo Chirmantin. Mm. And uh, my brother, uh, Mr. Bachman, has said that uh, one of the values that has broken that they don't more believe in is because there is no true, demo, uh, true internal democracy. Uh, that is not true. Um, MPP has always been a, uh, a center-right political party, a conservative party. And we believe in democracy, we mm. believe in internal, we believe in context, we believe in leadership, we believe in religion, we believe in the rule of law. And this has always been uh, a factor that uh, drives the new patriotic party. There is always true internal democracy. Uh, you take the context of my boss. Uh, at a point in time, if 
who were to uh, behave like others, at I think JFK uh, the, the should have left the race. Mm. Yes. So we, we, we moved on, we went ahead, and we won the elections. So we, 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 we believe that for internal democracy, the MDP is the strongest uh, party that, has, that believes in internal democracy. In terms of the rules that he has mentioned, uh, he talked about a rule that was broken, and I don't think that there was any rule that was taken away from. All the rules were applied to uh, the end of the elections. Mm. And, uh, but for he, example, he if, you, if you said that there was a tie, the same process would yes, be used the to... same rule. When you go to Rule yeah. 25, mm. they did not talk about who was going to uh, conduct the elections. So if you see those people who were to go for the elections, the new rules now for the November 4th indicate who will go. So mm. the party had to refer back to the constitution and use Article 10, 3 of the party's constitution. Which says what? Which says that Article 10, 3 of the party's constitution was very specific about national council, that there would be a national council. And that national council, that there shall be a national council which subjects to the decisions of the National Annual Delegates Conference. You know the National Annual Delegates Conference is the body that is going to, that takes decisions mm. on amendments of constitution. So if you go and look at Article 13, Article 13.9, it says that where there are more than five contestants, so in this case, there were 10. Mm. We did an election. We had six because two of the contestants had tied. So it says that for nomination as a party's presidential candidate, a special electoral college shall cast their vote by secret ballot for the first five contestants to be shortlisted. Yes, so in this particular mm -hmm. statement, this particular provision did not make room for when there is a tie. Mm. So national council, that seizes the opportunity and power in the constitution, in Article 13.1 of the MPP's constitution, that has the right to conduct elections or supervise elections for presidential uh, elections in the party, set up a committee called the Presidential Elections Committee. The Presidential Elections Committee goes to set a rules, and then they engage the stakeholders who are involved in the contest. They came out with the rules, but there was still a lacuna as to who goes for the second. Then the parties went and took the decision to use Article 10.3, which I was reading, and says that, subject to the decision of the National Annual Delegates Conference, shall direct the affairs of the party in between meetings of the National Annual Delegates Conference. Yes. Shall direct that, that, in between right. meetings. That, that, that's a very yes. broad, that's yes. a very broad so ambit. It means that fine. this is a matter that would have go to the National Annual Delegates Conference. But yes. the National Council seizes the opportunity. And if you allow me, it says that in between, for this purpose, may give such directive to the national chairperson as may be considered necessary for the well-being of the party. So at that particular so, point... So that's very time, broad. Yes. The point I'm making is that the Electoral College yes. to um, get the five people didn't finish its work. The Electoral College hadn't done its work. So that Electoral College was still relevant. The Electoral College was to select five. Yeah, did it they select did five? But so it doesn't finish it. But the same provision that gave room for the Electoral College did not give room for breaking of a tie. No, yes. You but admit. You, why do you break the tie? You break the tie because you want to... Uh, to get five people. Yeah, but the constitution did not envisage that. Yes. You agree. But we so, need five people. Yeah, we need five so, people. But the constitution so, did not so the envisage same that. College yes. Should get a, the college's mandate no, was to get five no, people. The constitution the, the elections committee reported back to the, the, the national council. Yes, but because they did not finish their yeah, work. They they did not finish. This was where they are and this is the stumbling block. They gave different they gave three different uh, 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 scenarios. Uh, scenarios. 
to the National Council. The director for, for the constitutional affairs of the party, legal affairs, did present a three-page paper mm. on that particular instance. And then the National Council took a decision, which that body has the power to take a decision. Mm. So they took a decision to vary and says the National Council should go ahead to break the tie. So one of them who was involved did not resign, decided to withdraw from the race. Mm -hmm. Because he didn't and find that to Yes, to, he made, to, his, he made his point, but the party again responded to the fact because he was a member of the National Council. The party Council. talked about logistics, etc. But the party should have anticipated the situation. Like this. Even you, some you, of us even, even anticipated Even it. the National Constitution, mm. the 1992 Constitution, had those particular loopholes. We agree that the Constitution should have anticipated that. Mm. So this is a matter that the National Annual Delegates Conference will be looking at. And members of the party who wish that some of these things should be addressed will petition the party or write so uh, Alan for says he raised a number of issues. Yes. Those issues so, were not addressed. In terms of process, the process was the most cleanest process. Mm. Every stakeholder was given the opportunity to meet with the elections committee, including Mr. Kojo Alan Chamantin. He had made his proposals in terms of even the number of delegates to the elections. He pointed to some other issues which were being addressed. Mm. No, none of the processes leading to the elections was tempered with. Mm. None of the processes were tempered with. Whilst we agree with him that he wants to go, we are not going to attack him. We are not going to insult him. We are going to speak the issues, issues that he has raised. That cannot stand the test of time within the party's but some constitution. Of you are attacking, some of your people and are attacking him, that he has no basis and all of that. You know, uh, I don't think maybe it's based own. on the issue they are talking he, about. He we are saying the general he, secretary he, he has made it clear. If, if you discredit it is also him, said, he will spill the beans. It, it, is, it, is, it, is, it is also said, it is also said that uh, when he was resigning, he mm. did not inform the party. Some people have questioned why there's no such a procedure mm. in the party's constitution. Mr. Alan Chamantin came on two strands. Mm. One was to resign and then two, to go independent. And uh, if you look at the party's constitution, Article 3, 6 of the party's constitution, mm. which is very clear on this matter, which is on resignation of a member. And I read, one, a member shall cease to be a member by writing and signing a letter addressed to his or her constituency chairperson, declaring his or her intention to cease to be a member and forthwith surrender his or her membership card. Mm. When a member wants to resign, this is the procedure that is put in the party's court. Not even to the general secretary, mm. but addressed to the constituency chairman. This is one of the strands, because he said he was resigning. Mm. Then the second one was Article 3, 9. Mm. That is forfeiture of membership. Mm. A member of a party who stands as independent candidate against the officially elected member of or a member of the party, or who joins or declares his or her support for another political party, or for an independent candidate, when the party has sponsored a candidate in a general or by-elections, automatically forfeit his or her membership of the party. Mm. So in this case, we have not elected or we have not selected a presidential candidate yet, mm. but he had raised a decision to go independent. Mm. So in this case, he has properly appeared to uh, 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 use the Article 39 of the party's constitution. So he On that basis, he has forfeited his membership as a member so you guys of the New Patriotic Party. Resignation. He didn't resign. He forfeited his he, membership. He forfeited his membership because he has not properly resigned 
before the party's constitution what it says. But mm -hmm. he has rather used Article 39 of the party's constitution. So the party has accepted. And that's why the general secretary has said that uh, they are very surprised by the mood he decided to resign from the party. And um, the party has also went ahead to respond to a number of issues that was raised by Mr. Alan Kujo Chermantin in terms of, he said that they demanded some uh, of the, uh, uh, the aspirants, that is nine of them had demanded that the venue for the elections be determined and then be sent to one centralized place. Mm. And the party did not agree. The party did not agree on point of law. The party did not just say that, no, we are not going to agree to the proposal, even if all the 10 people who were contestant had petitioned the National Council to decide venue for the elections, that wouldn't have hold water. The National Council would have still go ahead and take the decision. With your permission, if I may read, to justify the point that the National Council did no wrong. When you go to Article 13, election of presidential candidate, one, Article 13, one, Article 13, one, you look at the elections of the party's presidential candidate shall be held not later than 24 months from the date of the national election. The date and venue for the elections shall be decided by the National Council. So this was a decision of National Council. And that was why they petitioned the steering committee. The steering committee decided to uh, put it on the agenda for discussion for National Council because National Council is the only body that is supposed to discuss presidential elections and determine the date. The National Council decided otherwise from what they thought. Secondly, they say, he said that the, 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 the five of them, uh, the nine of them, had come together to decide that, again, that the elections be held, when, it, when the elections are ongoing, when you go to vote, you need to go and vote for two, uh, five people mm. so that you go. And as a result of the decision of National Council, it is unconstitutional. That is not true. If you go to read the party's constitution very clearly, Article 13, uh, two, Article 13, two, two, it says, where there is more than one contestant, each delegate will cast his or her vote by secret ballot for one of the contestants. So, so this clear. is very clear. It has settled the matter. Mm. So there is no, there is nothing in the constitution that has, that is unconstitutional, that stands to the firm or the decision that is taken by Mr. Alan Kojo Chermantin. So all the decisions that has been taken are on point of law. Very well. Thirdly, the, the, he I'll, talked about hijack. Okay, no, the hijack is, is so big. So we'll, we'll do with that soon. Uh, let, let me speak to Sami Krab. Sami Krab is, um, is, is, I don't know his status really. Sami, forgive me. But uh, because we, we know that you were in some tussle with the NPP. Welcome to the program. Uh, and we're happy to have you. Um, uh, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Uh, hello, Sami Krab. Yes, I can hear you now. Um, um, it's been a while. Um, happy you join us today. But can you clarify for us? Are you still a member of the MPP? What is your status in the party as we speak? I contested the national chairmanship last year. I voted during the special delegates. Oh, you did? Election. Yeah. Oh, I see. That, 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 that's good to know. What's your view on what has been happening the whole of this week? Alan Chermantin, uh, subsequent to his withdrawal from the race, now resigned from the party. I'm just hearing that he did not resign properly from the Deputy General Secretary, but we'll deal with that. He resigned from the party, now formed his own movement to run the 2024 elections as um, an independent candidate. As a former national executive, of course, at some point you were also at variance with the party on some issues. What's your thinking around all that has been happening? 
Well, thank you very much. Um, you know, Alan actually appointed me as the vice chairman of the advisory board and gave me responsibilities of restructuring the Greater Accra operations team. For, for um, this election? Yes. I see. This election, yes. So I held that position uh, for Alan. I wish Alan well. I disagree with what he's decided to do. There are, there are issues in the party. I mean, nobody can sit there and say that there are no issues in the party. There are always issues everywhere, actually. And um, But I have always believed that it would be better for you to stay in and slug it out than to be outside of the party to slug it out. So I would wish Mr. Alan Chamatin well in his next stage of politics. I don't think he's finished in politics. As for politics, you can only do politics through a political party. You know? So um, I wish him the best, but I see him now as an opponent of my party. And so I unfortunately will have to be on the other side and, mm. and test him. Basically, that's what, that's what it is. I see. So he, raised, he raises a number of issues. Um, the fact that his views were not really taken into consideration any time he raised them. He's been a victim of a certain anti-Kufour sentiment in the party. The party has been hijacked by a select few. You know, a number of issues. And he did say earlier that it appeared all processes leading to the election were skewed, you know, to favor a particular candidate. I mean, what's your thinking around all of these? I mean, as somebody who monitors the situation closely, uh, do you think that there was any merit in any of these points you raised at all? Well, as somebody who once upon a time warned of these things, let's put it that way, one of the reasons why I was suspended in the party was because I thought that certain things were being done that will precipitate the things that are happening now. It would have been great if some of those people who are complaining now, or the thing, so the thing is affecting certain people, so they are complaining. But if those people had sided with me at the time, probably would have preempted these things from actually happening. And so I would not sit here and say that I don't know the specifics of everything he did say, but we do have issues in the new patriotic party as there are issues in a lot of our parties. You can quote the constitution all you want. I mean, in any political party, there are always tensions. Even when the law is there, people try to skirt the law, people gerrymander, people do all kinds of things. So I don't think it's largely true to sit down and say that we do not have issues and our democracy is perfect. No democracy is perfect. The whole American democracy itself is described as an experiment. No democracy is perfect. And as long as you have human beings, you like to skirt the rules and bend the rules in their favor. One question would be that the National Council, who constitutes the National Council, were they really elected as the Constitution stated that they be elected? If so, who has the influence on the National Council? So when you see somebody, the person may defer to the National Council or defer to an internal body because the person probably had a hand in constituting that body. We know that. So I think a party should be worried about Chairman going the way he has gone because every party looks for numbers. And as for the primaries, uh, it's 210,000. But then we have to face Ghanaians. And every single vote actually matters. When I saw the crowd, I was like, oh my God, if these people also, what do they do? They have families, they have friends, they have related relations. Then it's likely to affect us going forward. And it's very important that we sit down and address these issues going forward. Some people may think that they are in privileged positions and um, they can speak 
in whichever way they want to speak. But they should also remember that just as some people are realizing now that if they are spoken earlier, this thing will not have been trapping them. Those same people to sitting down and talking should also realize that one, one day they will also be in a position where they're not sitting where they are sitting. And some of these things will also be skewed and manipulated. And that time they will have nobody to also come and talk. And when people speak against these things, nobody should take it as an assault on the party in any way. No, it is not an assault. The MPP party is supposed to be a broad church. You have to create it such that it can accommodate everybody regardless of their views, regardless of their stature in life. You should be able to tolerate. That's, that's what is most important. You should be able to tolerate people's diverse views and wherever they stand. And, and that is the advice I would give to the leaders of the party at this time. Chairman's exit, I strongly disagree with him. I will fight against his bid to become president. However, I don't think it's right for anybody to sit down and say that there are no issues in the party. There are. If there were not, I wouldn't have spoken in 2000, 2015. So that's what I would say. Everybody talks about certain things being done in the party, but it's a party of a lot of people. So who are those people who do those certain things? Alan says he's been hijacked by a few. Nobody's actually mentioning names. Who, who are those people? Who are those people who, who were doing those certain things? that made you speak up some time ago who are those people are they so powerful that the party in its might cannot bring them under control why 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 so i mean who are who are those people who do the certain things well i i in in, in the previous interview many years ago i did say that you, you don't have the people you have you see situations and it's in many parties situations where every time the actors change but the principle is the same to control so today you have different actors playing that role. Uh, several years ago, there were different actors, and the actors will change. <laughs> Going forward, some of the people who are advocating and saying nothing is happening will find themselves on the other side, and different actors will take over. And when they do take over, they'll make those things to them, and then they'll start screaming. I'm saying that, look, in every political party, you're always going to have certain people who will be in power within the party. But what is most important is they should understand that they should create a space for everybody to thrive. If not... People are going to find ways. There will be an implosion. And those are the things that we should be looking at. So it's not like specific people all the time from the beginning. It, it is a situation. And you have different actors coming in. So what we need to do is to always look at our constitution. The constitution is powerful and strong. If we all are fair to people, or even most importantly, let people perceive that we've been fair to them. Because you see, um, it's not enough to even be fair, people must perceive that when they come to the party, the party will treat them very fairly. If they don't perceive that and trust is lost, it creates a lot of problems. And, and, and so that is what we as a party must be focusing on in general terms as we move forward. Let's not create situations where when we have people coalescing and becoming more powerful within the party, you know, because once upon a time, Chairman Tinti belonged to a certain uh, group that was very powerful in the party. <laughs> now he's not. Yeah. And other people are. And one time to come, they also will not. And other people would. If that happens, how would they want themselves to be treated? You know, when their focal coverage upon issue happened, it had nothing to do with me. Absolutely nothing to do with me. But I thought, no, I don't have to sit down while certain things are being done to certain people. 
Because if I didn't talk about it, one day I'd find myself in a position where nobody will be there to talk for me. So the whole thing is, we are a party, a party of laws. Now it's nothing perfect. It's an experiment. We're going to keep. Otherwise, we wouldn't even be attempting to amend our constitution. We we'll keep going and going. But let us all recognize that there is imperfection, and let us also try and fight against the human nature because it is in all of us that once we get a certain position we want to consolidate and then oust other people let's try as much as possible to fight against that tendency so that we create a broad church a party for all very well uh, so this is a big issue um, on 97.3 city fm we're discussing the uh, matter of the uh, i mean the resignation of alan chermantin's uh, alan chermantin and his subsequent uh, declaration of independent of independent candidature uh, for 2024. What effect that has on the MPP, the election itself, and even the NDC? Whether indeed Alan is a man to lead uh, the so-called third force that people have been talking about? Um, does our political history support any third force, or has any independent candidate made any uh, serious inroads in an election for? Uh, people to be concerned about Alan Chermatin's, um, you know, action or his, his exit from the party and, and what he wants to do. His, his symbol is the, uh, the butterfly signaling or symbolizing transformation. Uh, he wants to transform Ghana, but he, he obviously has not had uh, the platform, the MPP, the political vehicle MPP, to do that. So he is going on his own using the movement for change. We'll take a short break. Uh, when we come back, I'll hear from uh, uh, um, my good friend uh, uh, Alassan Suhini, Member of Parliament for Tamale North of the NDC, and then uh, usual suspect Franklin Kujo on what they think about what's been happening. This is a big issue. Don't go away. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, very big welcome to our TV viewers. This is a big issue. Um, we're discussing two key issues. Um, one is Alan Chermantin's resignation and the subsequent formation of the Movement for Change. That is a vehicle he wants to contest and win election 2024. And he said it's a movement for young people. And so the young people who have obviously uh, expressed uh, dissatisfaction with the governance of our country, hardship, etc., uh, appear to have you know, a place to vent or a platform to ride on. Alan Chermantin thinks that he's a man to lead uh, this agenda. He calls it a movement for change. Um, is, it, is it really a credible or viable third force emerging? Is he the one to lead that mission? Uh, having been part of the MPP, which is in power now, which people are complaining about in terms of hardship, etc., can he extricate himself from the uh, difficulties in terms of record of the MPP and now present himself as a new guy with new ideas, new vision to lead uh, the so-called uh, movement for younger people, movement for change. Is, is that really what Alan Chermantin is seeking to do? And is that a possibility? Uh, even though we are told that the signals are right and it is possible, it's more, it, it, it's, it's more than possible. Is it really the case? Uh, also, we look at the Kolebu Teaching Hospital and its matters around the dialysis fees, uh, taking a decision on its own when it's not, it wasn't really supposed to do so. The ministry summoned a meeting uh, to address that. But why should they do that? And also, uh, is there a justification for it? They say things are expensive. 
consumables, cost of consumables have gone up, etc., uh, as justification for their uh, supposed increase. They've since reversed it. But what should be done to, to the people who took that decision? Why did they go that way? Why did they take that unilateral decision to, to, to do that? And, and should we uh, revise the way we increase rates or fees for institutions like that without going through uh, the process, parliament, etc. Uh, what does it mean for patients, kidney patients who often go to do dialysis just to keep alive or stay alive? And that is also part of our discussion today. Um, my guest this morning, um, Haruna Mohammed, Deputy General Secretary of the MPP, uh, Bob Bachman, uh, spokesperson for the Alan Chamantin campaign, um, Movement for Change, uh, Sami Kraft, former National Vice Chair of the MPP, uh, and yet to speak, uh, Alassan Suhini, Honorable Member of Parliament for Tamale North, Franklin Kujo, President, Imani Africa. All right, let me come to you, Suhini. Um, Alan Chermant is such a towering figure in, in not just the MPP, in Ghana's politics. He is broken ranks with his party. He said he's going independent, uh, formed a movement, uh, Afrofranto, uh, the butterfly movement, uh, movement for change, hoping to lead the young people who are obviously most of whom are obviously disgruntled about the, the affairs of the state. Uh, of course, you, you are an outsider, you are not in the MPP, but I think as somebody interested in election 2024, you should be concerned or interested in what Alan Chermantin is hoping to do. How did the news come to you about his resignation and the subsequent formation of the Movement for Change? And, 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 and how do you uh, see this as NDC? Well, Salam. Good morning once again, and it's always a pleasure to share this platform with you. And let me say good morning to my colleague panelists, uh, Ebo and Professor Haruna, uh, who are in the studio and those joining us virtually. Uh, let me say good morning also to the viewers and listeners, especially the very good people of the Tamale North uh, constituency. Uh, it's humbling to continue to enjoy their support and their prayers. Um, to a very large extent, Salam, I agree with the sentiments not only raised by Alan Chermanting, but also raised by Mr. John Buedu, raised by Mr. Mpianim, raised by um, Boache Jaco, and just rehashed by Mr. Sami Krab and Ebo. The NPP has become a pale shadow of itself. Mm. And so to that extent, I agree entirely with the observations that they have made. I mean, the NPP used to be um, seen as a party of uh, elites, uh, united and, and, and disciplined. In fact, the NDC was referred to as the Refraf's party mm. because of the way that the NPP at that time organized themselves. And so clearly today, when you look at the party, um, it does not resemble the NPP of, past, of the past. It doesn't in any form or shape. And that is why sometimes I wonder what, again, people want to see before they come to the irresistible conclusion 
that Nana Akufuado has become a scar. A scar, not only in the NPP, but in the general politics of Ghana. Mm. And I'll come to that. But you see, I find Alan's withdrawal from the race first, as he did, as cowardly. Mm. And I see his breakaway and the recent bravado he's showing as a little too late in the day. Mm. And all of that will go against him, unfortunately. And the intention of leading, I mean, and his intention of leading this country. He had many opportunities in the past to show that bravado that could have led to a breakaway that would have been taken more seriously than today. Mm. So I have very little sympathies for him, except to say that when he says that this particular process of electing a flag bearer mm. was skewed against him, you cannot take that away from him. It is clear that the establishment had a candidate or they have a candidate and they did everything within their power mm. to make sure that that candidate emerged. And you see, when my brother Haruna was speaking and eloquently made references to the party's constitution, what he did not tell you, or perhaps let me say, what he did exactly is what the party council of elders and others have been doing. And that is why Mr. Alain Chermantin will tell you that the party is hijacked. Mm. Why? But using the rules? Using the rules sparingly. Mm. Sparingly. So, for example, Haruna quotes Article 13 2 mm. to say that um, at a vote, I mean, when, they, when you have to choose a flag bearer, delegates have one vote. By, vote on one candidate. But you know what he did? He skipped 1319. Which says what? 1319, read. Because you see, they have two forms of voting. Mm -hmm. The first voting is when the candidates are less than five. Mm. Every delegate is entitled to one vote. Mm. Do you understand? Yes. But they say that when they have more than five candidates, there's a special, you know, uh, 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 if you like, crop of delegates who will select the five. And that is what was, that is so, what So happened. let me, 13, 13 one, one, nine. Nine. One, nine. Where there are more than five contestants right. for nominations as the party's presidential candidate. Yeah. A special electoral college shall cast their votes by secret ballot for the first five contestants to be shortlisted. Yeah. Shall cast their votes mm -hmm. by secret ballot yes. to mm -hmm. select the five. Yes. Mm -hmm. It didn't say they will, they will vote one person one to person. select the five. No, but mm. the article... Wait, wait, wait. I'll explain two, to you. Mm. No, I'll explain it's to you. Voting. No, no, I'll explain to you. They say they will select, they, they will select the five. Salom, mm. you see, we are doing... We are, we are, let's get some education. It's politics. <laughs> eh? If you have a system that is select to select five to go for a contest, mm. 
and I can manipulate that system to emerge first. That is huge advertisement for me mm. for the second process. Yeah. So, for example, Salam, if I have 900 people mm. to choose amongst us around this table, so that 2,000 out there will choose, instead of putting billboards out, I can aggregate that budget and bribe the, 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 the 900 that will vote us. Oh. Do you get it? So when that 900, a chunk of that 900 think that I am the best, it has an impact on the 2,000 out there. We call it a, a, a bandwagon effect. Oh. It's a bandwagon effect. And so you see, if they wanted to be fair, they would have gone by the process where this 900 will go and select their best five. Wait, if they selected their best five, mm. the council would have come out to declare the results that this is the best five selected in no particular order. Mm. That way it has no impact on the 20,000 that is yet to vote. But when you want to take advantage of the bandwagon effect and you know you have control over the 900 or you have the purse to buy the 900, this is where you say that you, they must choose one and then choose a winner. Yeah. I mean, if you choose a winner, I mean, if the, if the cream, the la cream of the party chooses a winner. No, 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 let me finish. I could have corrected you when you were speaking. When the cream, the la cream of the party chooses a winner, you can imagine the impact, the effect it will have on those who originally did not think that winner is even the person they should go for. Let's not discount that. And so I'm just using this one example to say that I agree with Alan Tramanting and his supporters that the whole system was skewed. And then you hear them say that, oh, all the nine aspirants kicked against this process. But uh, 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 the one person who was the beneficiary of the process didn't say anything. He said that whatever the council decides, he agrees. Why wouldn't he agree? Because he's part of the establishment and he knows whatever they decide will be to his benefit. And so he agreed. So for me, I'm saying that Alan Chairman thinks withdrawal, and that's where perhaps I agree with Sami Krupp, is cowardly. I believe in staying in to make a difference, difference no matter how difficult it is. His withdrawal from the race was cowardly and his breakaway, in my view, I repeat again, it's too late in the day. The bravado he's showing now is too late in the day. But let me come back to the new patriotic party and what it has become, mm. which is creating all these confusions. Look, many of us said it even before Nanako Fado became president of this country. But that is the problem we have in this country. We are not able to differentiate between mere partisan politicking and in the process of that partisan politicking, what we have to focus on, especially when we want to show we are patriotic, and, 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 and based, on what, um, based on that, make decisions that will impact our country positively. Mm. Look, President Akufuado in opposition showed all the signs 
all the signs that he is showing today as president. As in what? He indebted his party, Selo. Mm. He took the party to Prudential Bank, where they borrowed huge sums of money. And when the Prudential Bank threatened to sell their party headquarters, because the party could not pay two million Ghana cities, we thought it was just a political party in opposition, and their, their issues didn't bother us. Mm. When the party chairman at the time, and the general secretary, suggest, I mean, resisted the proposal to use parliamentary aspirants, you know, filing fees to defray that debt of Nana Akufuado and his team, they were chased out of the party. Hmm. Are you therefore surprised that today Ghana's debt is unsustainable? That he has borrowed us to our neck? No, are you surprised? That it is unprecedented. No government, no president has ever taken us on this path. Where we are done with a first DDE, uh, 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 DDP. DDP, and it is not enough, and we are considering a second debt restructuring. Are you surprised? <laughs> when you ignore the fact that in opposition as opposition leader, he indebted his party to a point where a bank threatened to sell his party headquarters. You ignored it, and you thought it didn't matter, and you made him president, and he has indebted your country, hmm. and you are undergoing a haircut. The first one isn't enough. They are coming for a second one. Are you surprised? Hmm. Are you surprised that as party leader, he opposed every dissent, crushed it with violence, violence that even led to the death of his regional chairman, and then. He goes to general election as president, and he's threatened with defeat, and seven people lose their lives, first time ever since we started 1992, uh, 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 since we started this democracy in 1992. First time ever. Nobody has ever lost his life during elections in this country until Nana Kufadu was threatened by defeat as president in 2020, and seven people were killed. Are you surprised? Didn't you see what he did when he led his party? The violence he unleashed, that led to the death of, you know, uh, 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 even his party regional chairman. So I'm saying that it is important that when these discussions are had, we are able to distinguish between the mere partisan politicking and the serious issues mm. that will eventually come back to hand all of us, whether you belong to that party or the party involved or not. I see. Salam. So I'm saying that clearly... The NPP today is a pale shadow of itself because largely of the kind of leader that they have. This is a person, I am informed, who has never missed a council meeting even as president. Even when he is away, council meetings are rescheduled for him to be present. Mm. That is how much control he has with the party. That's how much control he has with, I mean, he, he, he has over the party. No, but he's such a huge you, figure. So if the president yes. is not in town and you even have to reschedule the council meeting, why not? Well, but it doesn't mean that because he's that huge, he is the repository of all knowledge. <laughs> I mean, this, things, things, things can be done uh, 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 in, his uh, in his absence. But, Salam, I'm saying that the NPP indeed has become, you know, a pale shadow of itself. And members, like Alan Chairman Thing has said, and 
Kojom Pianim has reiterated, need to speak up unless they do not care about the future survival of this party. And mm -hmm. Mr. Alan Cheranting was smart when he said he's not forming a political party. He's forming a movement. Mm -hmm. And my view is that he still has some, you know, residual love for the MPP. For the MPP. And he's hoping that perhaps this movement can lead to some, you know, change. Uh, 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 change that will shake the foundation as it is currently, you know, uh, 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 positioned in the in the in the NPP, and perhaps give it a new a new lease of life. But if you listen to, if you read uh, Boche Jaku's uh, statement, mm. what he said clearly was that Alan may have put his thoughts on paper, but, but many, many others have taken the same decision in their hearts, and they will express themselves on voting day on voting day mm. and that for me is very profound it tells you that and if you look at the kind of support alan's uh, you know breakaway has generated so far it should tell you that he is simply manifesting the aspirations and the views of many people in the in the npp and I so see. the party can decide to disregard mm. his views and choose to ignore the things that he is saying. Mm. Uh, for us in the NDC, we have for a very long time now, in fact, even before he became president, consistently told the people of Ghana that the crop of leadership that Nana Kufuado works with are bad news for this country. The evidence is there to show unprecedented unemployment rates unprecedented inflation rate, unprecedented uh, 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 deterioration in our education sector, and I'm not the one saying it. Read the ISODEC reports about basic education and read the reports on our environment, unprecedented devastation of our, you know, environment and so on. Mm. So, and the corruption, hey, you can't even go there. <laughs> Very the well. money is now under beds. And <laughs> even when millions are yeah. stolen, they do not notice. Very well. So we are committed as, as a party to rescuing this nation, giving it hope, and resetting it on a path of growth. Very well. Uh, Franklin, uh, welcome to the program. Uh, to move the discussion forward, Alan Chermantin, obviously a very uh, big figure within the MPP, now forming his own movement. Uh, organizational skills, uh, he, he, he says he has organizational skills. Given how his votes have dwindled in the past, I'm not so sure. Does he have the capacity to lead this movement, to become the reference point for uh, disgruntled young people, because I said it's a movement of young people, to lead these young people into an election and make any meaningful uh, impact? He wants to be president, but can he really make an impact in the coming election? Does he have the capacity to marshal resources, marshal people, convince people, sell his vision, and, and, and cause an upset in 2024? Well, good morning to your good self and my friends. Um, uh, look, this is going to be an uphill task for him, really. Uh, if you talk that uh, the two major parties have representations all over the place, there's going to be polling station uh, vigilance. You need to mobilize every member of yours to be present at the polling station where results are actually, for the first ballot to be cast, and the collision centers and what have you. But even then, 
the whole party machinery that you must have in order to, as it were, not sell, not only sell your message, you know, but sell the Kool-Aid as well. You know what I mean? Some of the freebies that are given as well. <laughs> so um, it's going to be a monumental task for him. But I must admit and accept that he has a certain appeal, which doesn't seem to have faded away. If there's anything he's done with his breakaway uh, message, I should say, is that he's trying to uh, not necessarily claw back any integrity he's lost, because I don't think he's lost any politically, if you ask me. And by that, I mean in terms of scandals, in terms of some of the wild things we hear about from about certain politicians, he doesn't have that type of uh, baggage. But certainly, he's trying to um, shine his credentials a little bit more uh, from what the party, I mean, the party he belonged to uh, is. Even there, there's a, there's a little problem, which I'll come to shortly. But I think clearly he's trying to say that, well, look, look at me. I'm unblemished. I could do so many things. But as to whether all of those would lead to significant votes, um, that is where the question really is. I do not doubt, again, his, his towering figure and possibly the fact that he still has some significant appeal within the party. But the party seems to have also evolved. In fact, Ghanaian politics has, seemed, has actually evolved as well. And in this case, um, the emphasis on the, the youth, which he seems to be interested in, maybe one way out or maybe one way through which he might try to, as it were, um, club back into the hearts of people again. And I say this because the island we used to know, we used to hear about, is actually not the island we know of today, right? In terms of the fact that a lot of what has passed under the brief, there's been so many things that have overtaken him in terms of strategy within his own party and in terms of overall national politics. And I must say that um, the party as the MPP itself uh, would have to be careful how they you know, they talk about him. Um, I like the fact that the general secretary was a bit more circumspect, and he did allude to the fact that Alan may still, Alan is still a tyrant figure, and to the extent that um, he, whatever he had against the party, he should have been democratically centered or discussed, was his failing. Was for me one of the very positive responses by an MPP leadership to Alan's uh, resignation. But as to, well, now, as it is, um, he's left the party, he's from the movement. He still needs to clarify exactly what he wants to do differently from his own party. Because most of the things he's saying are probably things that are still in motion within his party and not necessarily significant, significantly different from the woes that this country has suffered or has been inflicted upon by politicians for forever. Um, the innovation I want to see, maybe he would like to explain a bit more uh, to, to, to us than he has done. And the things generally that will make him a significant appeal must be super, super, super different from yeah. the two major politics. If he's not able to do that, I'm afraid his, his, uh, his, his personality, which he alluded to in one of the interviews I listened to, uh, may, not only, may not cut it at all because people have moved away from personalities. I mean, the average Ghanaian today, uh, whose life is critically in chaos, clearly is interested in ensuring that they can find a three square meal a day and possibly pay for healthcare as well. So there are so many other things. And in, in fact, education and 
so many other things that I suspect has to be done. If Alan keeps promising though that he's going to be uh, de-emphasize the, uh, the centrality of leadership as in the presidency, which we all know has become something like a commander for the five, um, then what it means is that, yes, he may be appealing to maybe a few moderates and a few people within the elite circles. But as to whether those persons will vote for him based on the fact that he's likely to win, I think that would be quite uh, an optimism that may be quite unwise. But as it goes, it is likely to change our political uh, campaigns and make it quite sound. Um, I think it's going to offer some sort of a clean break from the politics of insult because he naturally is not a person who likes to dish out um, jargons and dish out what I call um, sarcastic comments. Uh, I think those are pretty well done by John and uh, Balmia quite well. A bit of that may spice things up, but I think he might be offering some refreshing insights into exactly how leadership should be done. Some of the things he's referred to are quite interesting. I mean, to say that he doesn't belong to, you need a leader and not a party. Um, well, party or movements can produce good leaders anyway. Uh, the most important thing is what you do with power when you have the power. I'm one of those who do not necessarily believe that our constitution, even though there's so much power in the president cannot use their power for, for anything. So so there are so many things that may define the next election based upon, based upon some of the things Alan has said. But as far as uh, that goes, when it comes to political mobilization, um, it's an apple tax. And maybe he's going to find solace as he's already started in the young people. Uh, but as to how, whether that will cut it, given the dense nature of our politics, where the major party and uh, party machinery actually uh, makes a lot of significant uh, impact on any electoral outcomes. I'm not too sure he's there yet. And he needs to, well, he may have to break the, the cycle of what I call the cycle of curses. Since 1996, you recall, when all the persons who have moved away from their mother parties, from UGM up until uh, Kuzitano, um, and I think Konedu and uh, who was it again? The former Obeda uh, Samoa, yeah, DFP. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. When they all left their mother parties to form their parties, they they performed abysmally, uh, and in some regard, actually quite uh, got quite insulting figures. To think that Gun, the party that was formed in 2000, or probably a little before that, sorry, 2020, 2020. before that, uh, garnered over 100,000, 105,000 votes, beating even established parties like PPP and CPP. Uh, no party, uh, no independent candidates had garnered votes beyond 80,000, actually beyond 76,000 that uh, I think Guzitano did in 1996. So there's a record that he needs to break. Maybe he can do that. But clearly, there's a lot that goes into mobilizing a political power. I'm sure he himself is probably convinced that he's not likely to win the power, win power. But he might make a dent. If Alan manages even 200,000 votes, which supposedly will be from the <laughs> MPP party, uh, the MPP should be worried, really, and given the... The, the, the tide that is swimming against them, a very disorganized economy, uh, shambolic uh, performance economic-wise, and indeed the fact that uh, the last election they won by close to about half a million. Um, 
those things are already uh, this, these economic situations have already eaten into a chunk of those numbers and uh, now they have something else to deal with on a long term and seeing who is on the loose and um, who knows maybe he might just make a dent if he manages 500,000 maybe 200,000 250,000 MPP is in trouble hmm. I see in, in, interesting point there. I, I wanted to speak in, in terms of organization and, and, and strategy. Uh, we, we realize that many of the, the conventional politicians who have risen to the top uh, had a way of using the media, for example. Leonardo um, mm. used the media quite, you know, uh, in, in a good way. So he had a statesman, and the statesman, you know, from his father's days, but he used it quite well galvanize other media houses around him, statesman, you know, uh, the Daily Guide, etc., to help push an agenda when he was in the position. Then we saw that the, the formation of the DI, which was the think tank around his vision, etc., pushing it, being in the media every time, advocating his views, etc. Canada Japan, we see, I mean, owns a media, a media, a, a media conglomerate, or it's, it's a media mogul, owns a number of media houses. Anytime he wants to speak, he's given the opportunity to speak. I'm not saying Alan should own media houses, but he's been a bit coy or shy away from the shy from the media, all all through his 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 time as minister. He only come and speak, but you not see him engaging the media like somebody who had such a vision, you know, maybe to be president or you know dealing with the key issues, confronting issues, taking on people, taking on issues in the media. He would do that, but he he he's apparently did. Will you say that strategically he has failed? To, to, uh, to take advantage of the media to push himself to the top. He hasn't really done that. John Dramani Mohamed's example may be different. He, he was in parliament, he became a running mate, and then he became president after Mills died. So, so, so that's quite different. But in terms of the guys in the MPP now and leading the pack, Nanado used the media quite well. Uh, Ken Japan is using that quite well. Uh, Baumia may not be a good example because he is a beneficiary of a governance system. So by virtue of himself being vice president, he has the media. Will you say that Alan hasn't used the media well? Well, two things. First of all, Alan is a very laid back person. And I think that he wanted to respect the, the, the fact that he was working within the party and probably did not want to outshine it with everybody. Probably one of his uh, downfalls when it comes to strategy. But as it is now, he's broken free. That's what he says. Essentially, he says he's free. And I've seen a few interviews he's granted, which are quite well done, I would say. Uh, if only some of, the, uh, some of the issues around why he's leaving the party would be surprised quite a bit, then he would have a clearer message to the people. The question, though, is whether he alone should be doing that. He needs a better machinery, people who can speak better to the issues uh, that are plaguing us right now, that he must form and establish, who must be willing to speak and speak coherently um, across the country. That's what he needs. Um, he started off well, I should say, but that's 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 that's, that's just because he has to explain himself right now. Mm -hmm. He needs a bit. He needs a better machinery. A party full of uh, people who, a group of people who are committed to his cause, who can answer intelligent questions as well. I think that's what he needs. Maybe he's forming that. We don't know yet. Uh, but that's what he really needs to do to do in order to break this media uh, cycle. And of course, the media will love it because, look, 
get into an election, the media would want to hear narratives from other supposed candidates who are contrary to the establishment, the establishment to, I mean, the NDC and the MPP. Uh, even though people assume that, well, Alan is still a, a scion of the MPP, and so maybe whatever he says may reflect the MPP stance. I think the media would love it because they would like to hear something different. And that's what Alan should invest in. He should invest in scholarship, as in putting together a competent team to do a proper diagnosis of the country's ills. I was a bit disappointed when he did his first GTP transformation speech. That was way before he left the party. It was a, it was a lackluster event. And, and it seems to me he's moved on a little bit. It's probably inched a little bit by 10% since uh, he left the party in terms of ideas and talking uh, strategy, but I think he needs to do a lot more. And that must be the guiding, uh, those 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 talks that have to be invested in the strategy should be the guiding light for all his communicators across the country. Hmm. Certainly the media will play a role, yeah. No, no, go ahead, just conclude that point. Yeah, I was just saying that certainly the media player. I mean, Alan should by now be thinking about how the country will look like by 2028. I mean, the only politician who gives me that, I'll tell people to vote for him or her. I like to see how the country will look like in terms of the, some of the, what I call being in the, uh, mimicking the habits of highly effective countries, of all the indices that we know about, global economic indices, human development indices, even happiness index, right? <laughs> Uh, if I were Alan, I'll be internalizing all of this, work, look at all those models, look at where we are currently as a country, and then diagnostically decide through certain modeling how this country can will look like uh, besting itself from the current uh, position that it, it has on some of these indices and see how it can become a, a very good country by 2028. That's what we want to see. Mm. I mean, that's what I am looking for rather than anybody coming to tell me uh, build an industrialization, but those things mean nothing, really, at this stage. I and see. if you come to one district, one this, one village, one that, one fish, one fish head, one schoolboy, one yeah, supporter, <laughs> look, those things are old and old fashioned nonsense. They don't, they don't do anything to people. As we speak now, Alan should be able to tell us, and even Canada, Japan, should be able to have already plans to tell us that, look, if free researchers, they are going to continue. Is going to add value to the economy by X percent. And the politician who doesn't promise any of that is not serious and should not be countenance at all. Mm. Goes to the NDC and MPP as well. We really want better insights. How our country will look like from 2020. Already four years of that, by the way, is in the DDEP. So anybody promising something beyond what we currently, our lives have been decimated by three, four years of uh, current happenings would mean that we want to see something brighter. So that I've said it, they shouldn't come and say, oh, by 2028, Ghana will look like Washington, Accra will look like Washington. Please, that's not what I'm talking about. Come and tell us exactly how, how you're going to get there. And it, has, it must make sense, really. I see. All right, Ebo. Um, history doesn't really support, uh, or history is not in favor of Alan Chairman thing. We've seen similar breakaways in the past. We saw reform in, in 2000. We saw uh, DFP a bit later. We saw NDP. We even saw UGM in, in 2000. They didn't make any dent. They didn't do anything. How is Alan hoping to, to make himself count in, in, in this new endeavor? Uh, <clears throat> thank you, uh, Salam. Um, 
I think we need to, uh, when we are giving examples of breakaways, sometimes you forget one particular one, mm. that of Kwame Nkrumah. Okay. It's very important to consider what, when, to consider Kwame Nkrumah's breakaway. And for me, if you, if you go through the history of our country in respect of how we started our politics. Mm. Now, before Kwame Nkrumah broke away from UGCC, there were already agitations out there for political emancipation. So on the street, people were yearning for a change. Mm. So when Kwame Nkrumah broke away, the grounds were already fertile for him. Mm. Because as I, as I was saying, people were already agitating for a change. So he became that agent for the change that people were yearning for. And if you look at the situation we have now as a country, if you're going to be very honest with ourselves, Ghanaians are yearning for a change. Because for the past 32 or 31 years, we've had a political market that has been dominated by two political parties. Mm. This duopolistic political system that we've had for the, for the past 32 years. And the resource, I mean, what, what we would have expected that this system would have provided for this country, I'm afraid the results don't show that. Mm. And so Ghanaians are yearning for a change. And the question is, should that change be a change of another, that, that should come in the form of another political party, or it should come in the form of a leader who will be able to um, come out with policies and programs and plans that will help to transform our economy. For me, that is the most important thing. So if you consider the fact that Kwame Nkrumah's breakaway was successful because of the, the, the needs of the people at the time, people were yearning for People were yearning to break away from colonial rule. Yeah, but you know the, the difference is in the Kwame Nkrumah time, uh, Kwame Nkrumah was the viable alternative. Now NDC is a viable alternative. They've, they've done it before. They've been there. They've done it. We've seen it all. They have a machinery in place. Alan is just coming, and, and he, he 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 doesn't even have anything on the ground yet. We don't even know what he's going to say. So to compare Alan to Nkrumah, maybe the comparison. So I made a comparison mm. on the basis of change. Mm. What I'm saying is that even though NDC and MPP, are, they've been there for the past 32 years. Mm. I mean, the result is what we are experiencing now. Mm. So what I'm saying is that the alternative... Alan has been part of that, that, that status quo. Yes. He, he was part of it from 92 yes. to, last, to this week. Yes, that is why it is important mm. sometimes it, it is to step out of a system to, to cause a change. Mm. That is important. You see, interestingly, people forget that the constitution that we are running... Mm provide two means by which people can lead this country. Mm. Either you ride on the back of a political party or you go as an independent candidate. Now, for the past 32 years, the geopoly that we've, we've been you know, practicing, mm. only two parties, these two parties, have managed Ghana. And I'm saying that if we are not happy with the way they've managed Ghana, the alternative should not be either political party. Let's look at the other side of it, where someone can come as an independent candidate, as Alan has put, it, put, uh, put his plans forward, to form a government of national unity, 
And for me, if that alternative can be considered by Ghanaians, it will go a long way to help this country. And, and the movement, as Alan himself um, mentioned when he, when he, he organized a press conference, mm -hmm. he said the movements will be predicated on four important pillars. Mm -hmm. And he mentioned, he said, the movement will seek to break the status quo. Mm. That's the geopolitical the, uh, the, 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 the system that you've been, you've been having for the past 32 years. And you, the second one, he said, to establish a government of national unity. Mm. Then he said, to build consensus on a national development plan. Then the fourth one, to inspire behavioral and attitudinal change. Mm. These are the pillars on which he wants to use this movement. But, but we already have a national government, don't we? National government, which means that we have persons from all religious persuasions. We okay. have persons from all the regions of the country. We have persons from everywhere. No, no. That is on paper. I mean, let's be no, honest. No, but we, we have Muslims in government. No, we have no. Christians in government. No. We have traditionalists and all kinds of people in government. No. We have, the constitution, in fact, tells us that we should have people from all regions, mm -hmm. you know, in cabinet or in government, in forming a government. That is to give the government a national character. No, the national government in this sense... Political party. The, um, the, but the national government in this sense mm -hmm. is, is, is looking at a situation where you can harness all the potentials and the talent of all the political parties together. Because so, so the national government is in respect of political parties? No, political parties... No, no, I mean... Because, because, no, because, you know, um, Salam, let's be honest with you. Let's be with ourselves. The current political system mm. that we have, the, this uh, diopoly, is, is a system that breeds lunatics all. Mm. I mean, let's be honest, unless you don't want to accept it. Mm. To the extent that in this country today, if you are, if you are holding Ghana card and someone is holding MPP or NDC card, depending on which party is in power. Mm. The, when, the party card is, is No, no, is yes, 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 yes. That's, that, is, that, is, that is the extent we've, we are destroying. No, because you first need to be a Ghanaian to have a party card. So the Ghanaian one is taken for granted because yeah, you are a Ghanaian. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. So. That, 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 is, that is the seriousness of the issue. You see, if the two of us, Salam, are, are going to look for a job or mm. contract or are going to seek for scholarship mm. or anything that we need to benefit as Ghanaians, and I'm holding Ghana car, and you are holding MPP. Depend, um, see, MPP is the power. Is. I become, in that regard, I become a second-class citizen to you. Mm. Even though originally I was born a Ghanaian. Mm. But because I decided not to belong to a political party, and a friend of mine decided. So you've been disadvantaged. This, do you get the point? That's the reality you say as no, I mean, I mean, it I mean, I mean, if NDC is in power, it. It happens. MPP is in power. And wants to it change happens. that. And that is what we but need to change. Let, 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 let's test the, the issue about national government uh, a bit further. Now, the Constitution, Article 78, tells us that majority of members of um, um, ministers must come from parliament. Yeah. Now, obvious, I mean, MPP is on this side, NDC yeah. is on the other side. He is not fielding independent candidates, he's told us. Now, how does he get majority from parliament? You want to appoint somebody, Minister of Finance, maybe from the MPP. MPP will say, no, you, we don't like you. We, we, you don't all our people will not take any position from you. NDC too, I'm not sure. Because they won't send their people to come and help you in the next election. How do they fight the next election? So there could be that thing that they will not allow their people to come freely serve in your party. They must resign first. And that is a difficulty. How will he, how will he form a government? No, you see, for, for the sake of our country, mm. if Alan becomes 
the next president because this is not this is the first time somebody an independent candidate wants to be president mm -hmm. because it, but it's, in the, it's not just an independent candidate so if you have other independent candidates like joy etc they don't have any you know call it baggage they don't they, they've not angered any side of the divide but, but you know Alan, but now alan Cameron has angered the mpp his know, president will I mean, mpp allow kenofurata to go and be his vice president you know alan you know his persona mm. he's a unifier yes i mean and 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 he reaches out to all the political parties the mm. point i'm making is that if we have a national government mm. where appointments will not be based on loyalty, mm. but on competence. But he must first satisfy the Article 78 test. That is, Majority no, 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 of no, no, ministers no, no, from uh, parliament. No, no. You see, it is, it's going to happen. And when, when, we get, when we get there, we shall, we shall cross the bridge. The people will come and support him against their party. No, it's, 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 as the name implies, it's a national government. Why would you want to be part of a government that seeks to... You know, so so Sweden, for example, is a, is a member of parliament for NDC. Yeah. So he's crossed the first hurdle. Yeah. He can be, he can be a minister of properly so called. He's a fine gentleman. Yes, you appoint him as minister for whatever. And his, and his party says, <laughs> no, uh, uh, Sweden uh, cannot go. Because uh, if Sweden uh, goes, we want, to, uh, we want to come to power. Uh, you will go and be working uh, against but, us. But, but we, should, we shouldn't allow these two political parties. No, but that's the reality. That's the constitution. No, no. You see, Selom, let's, 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 you see, you, it's like we are putting the cart before the horse. <laughs> no, it? but we need to know how it works so that <laughs> yeah. we can support you. Yeah, you know? so, no, but, but, but when it comes to appointment mm. of ministers, as you said, rightly said, wouldn't, don't you think it would be nice to have a situation where we have ministers, like one cabinet, mm. you see NDC people sitting here, MPP people sitting here, people who are not in, into politics, mm. like people from the academia, from the labor, from the business community being part of a cabinet, where when you present a budget, there won't be any confusion like what you normally see in parliament, mm. where the, the, the national agenda becomes the priority and not political agenda. I'm saying that if we're able to do that... It looks very beautiful on paper. No, no, we are, no, we are, no, we are, no, we are no, with you. Anything really, that looks mean, beautiful on that's paper... That's what we want. Yeah, anything that looks beautiful <laughs> on paper can yeah. be beautiful on the ground if you commit <laughs> our hearts to it. And I'm saying that if you do that, it's going to help us. Mm. Now, I want, to, I want to quote two very important politicians. Mm. Quickly. Yeah, two very important politicians. First, I want to quote something that George Washington said in his farewell address in, 19, in 1796, mm. 9th September. You know, Washington, in those days, I mean, there were no political parties. He mm. was the first president of America. He won as a federalist, but mm. not like on a, on a ticket of a political party. So more or less, he won as an independent candidate. Mm. George Washington said something. He said, let me now take a more comprehensive view and warn you in the most solemn manner against the baneful effects of the spirit of party generally. Mm. If, you, if you read what he said, and particularly this quote, he was worried about the effects or the baneful effect. Baneful, you can put harmful there or destructive there. Mm. Destruct effect of the spirit of party politics. For me, we are where we are as a nation because of this spirit of party politics that allows the winner to take all. That allows people to be appointed to sensitive positions, not because of 
their competence or their qualifications, but because of their loyalty, mm. like as we've experienced in this country over and over again, a system, a political system that has divided us so much that if you go to parliament, sometimes you wonder, whether, look at what happened when, when the E-Levy was being passed. Mm. Look at what happened when we were we, we selecting our, how do you call it, our, um, uh, the speaker of, of parliament. I mean, this is the system we've practiced for 30 years. Question, are we happy with the result that, that has come out after 32 years or 31 years of practicing this geopolitical uh, uh, political system? And for me, I don't think any Ghanaian can say it's been all well and good. Mm. Now, the opposite, which Alan is proposing, is that, fine, as we, as we have it now, Salon, after riding on the back of political parties to become president, what we hear is Nanado's government, Muhammad's mm. government. Mm. So after they've won, they, began, they become bigger than the party. And it is so, Alan's government. Yeah, yes. And so I'm coming. So emphasis is not on the party. Mm. The emphasis is on the person. Okay. So if you want to select someone to be the chief executive, Mm. of the country. Why should you consider the party on which you know, he pursued that ambition to become president? Why should you consider the party? Because the power of the, the power, the president, the executive power is not vested in the party. The party, very well. We no. know that. That's why there could be an independent candidate yeah, who, yeah, who will win but, to be president. But, mm. No, I, want, I, want, I wanted to... Okay, so, 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 land, so, <laughs> land quickly. Yeah, so the point I'm making is that if we have a situation where, if it is not NDC, it is the MPP for 32 years. And there's the need for us to change what you don't like. And the, the Constitution provides for another uh, avenue. avenue. Why don't you, as a nation, try that avenue to see whether this time around, with this um, uh, government of national unity, we will be able to solve the problems that have been bedeviling this country for 32 years. Mm. And for me, that should be it. I see. That should be it. All right. Going forward, I said, I'll, I'll, take a short, I'll take a short break. Um, of course, a number of you haven't spoken, and, and we are trying to manage the time. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll take a short break. Uh, but before that, let me just share two of your messages that have been coming through. Uh, and your messages are still welcome via 0549-986-996 and 0204-447-0332. Uh, we'll be happy to read them out to the rest of the world. Uh, Babamu in Tamale says, Indeed, I wasn't surprised. Mr. Chimantin took the decision to quit the MPP. Uh, we, we, the, we, the MPP, believe in the rule of law. Uh, the DMB signals are poised to break the eight. It's possible. Uh, my regards to DGS, Haruna Mohammed, a.k.a. Prof. All right. Um, Chichidudu from Hohoi says, uh, Alan is trying to liberate the party from a control freak. MPP people should know that if this is not done ASAP, everyone would have to seek one man's approval before anything comes to him or her, even when he's out of leadership. Alan will weaken his claws. We'll take a short break, return, and deal with the other matters you know, in this Alan matter before we move on to our next, our next topic. Don't go away. <laughs> I'll come to you. Uh, now.
Hey, welcome back to the big issue. Very interesting discussion. Um, the, um, Alan Chermantin has is, is, is formed a movement that he hopes to win the election. But there are issues with that, constitutionally, etc., that we will have to scale. Uh, let me speak to Sami Krab. Uh, Sami Krab, um, uh, uh, Alan is, is, is bent on doing what he's doing. What challenges do you foresee he will face, and what do you think works for him? Well, um, it's not easy to organize a political movement. It's really difficult. And um, I think you face a lot of challenges in putting together a machinery that can come up against the MPP and the NDC. It's going to be extremely difficult. I have experienced um, uh, politics from my early days. Um, I used to be an organizer in a ward in Ablukman North. I became the secretary, Alliance for Change, um, Great Accra Region branch. I became a regional chairman, member of National Council, National Executive Committee, a vice chairman, ran for the chairmanship and lost. So I know how effective those machineries can be. They're like juggernauts. Yeah. I, I, I am not too concerned about Alan winning the election. I, seriously speaking, I think if you were to have Alan in a private conversation, he would let you he'd tell you that he, he doesn't expect to win the general election. I don't think he expects to win. It's the spoiler candidacy that we should be looking at. If you remember Ralph Neda, if Ralph Neda had not entered the race, Agor probably would have been president. Agor would have won Florida. It's the spoiler effect that, that I am concerned about. Um, I remember, must have been 20, before 2014, the current president, Nakufoda, and I were sitting alone. I mean, I was supposed to have met him in his apartment, but he said, look, we want some privacy, let's go to a hotel lounge. So we met there and sat down. And at that time, he just told me something that I think resounds today. He said he doesn't really think that political parties win elections. He thinks that political parties in government lose elections. So, and I think it was very profound. What it then means is that it is the party that self-destructs. I mean, more so than other parties coming in to make inroads. So NPP itself must do some introspection. If we are breaking apart, and, and trust me, there are many people out there who perceive that they don't have any space in the party. And I think uh, for once, I will agree with the Jakun that a lot of people may end up voting. I mean, in their hearts, they, they've made up their minds. I mean, I say this all the time, even my mother in my house. She's so disillusioned, and she's always taking out on me when I have nothing to do with government. So there are a lot of people out there who, who feel pissed off, and that may be our problem. The competition is not necessarily people outside. Uh, a, a professor of my marketing professor once said, uh, competition is anything that takes away from your profits. Uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be external. If your internal doings are not correct, they, they put pressure on your income and take away from your profit. So if our internal doings are not proper, it will take away from our profits in this context, uh, it means our votes. And that is what we should be more worried about. You, you, I, I heard you talk about some hypotheticals. I, I really don't think Jaron will win anyway. Uh, but the hypothetical that should he even win, uh, he'll have a problem forming the government. It's happened before. I mean, Kufu appointed Indo, he wasn't in the party. And we have a second, um, uh, what do you call it, a speaker, deputy speaker of parliament, 
who is an independent. And the party decided to caucus to court him and caucus with him because they needed him. No, but the, this instance are quite different. Um, in the case let, of... Let, 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 let me advance. Can I advance my argument? Very well. Please? Okay, so let's have a hypothetical situation because what you are dwelling on is just hypotheticals. Let's have a hypothetical situation where Alan Shemartin should even win. And the new patriotic party realizes that, oh my goodness, it's better for us to be in government than outside of government. Can we talk to Alan Shemartin? After all, he was one of us, just as Siama was, and then see if he will become our president. He has roots in the party. You could also have a situation like that. So these are all hypotheticals. That's all I want to say. These are hypotheticals. You have a situation where people will decide that there will be an MPs for Chairman. The new Patriotic Party will join with him and then make him their president. At the end of the day, he was one of us. You know what I mean? Uh, but then again, I don't think he will be able to win. And, and I, I don't even think he has to win to damage the MPP. He just has to take votes. Like, um, you know, when uh, Franklin was speaking, he talked about the 500,000. And sometimes people think that too. Uh, if you if you won by 500,000, you need 500,000, or somebody needs to move 500,000 away from you to win. No. If the person moves 50% plus one of the 500,000, you are in trouble. All things being equal, you know. So, uh, Alain taking 250,000, 300,000 can even create a lot of problems for the new people. If he takes it from our votes, from our votes, 500,000 votes. He just needs to take, move away, you know, a certain chunk of it, and then we can be in trouble. So, um, I do not think that Alan Chiamatin, to, to sum it up, will be able to make it. I don't think so, but I'm not God. I don't know. I'm not God. Yeah. But I think, given my experience, it will be very, very difficult for him to create the kind of organization. And he also needs the grit. You, you know, somebody moves away from a fight this easily, I have my doubts that he will be able to slug it out against two juggernauts like the MPP and the NDC. It's character, ability to stay in a fight that matters. You know, like Kennedy Japan, say what you may about Kennedy Japan. He has what it takes to stay in a fight and slug it out at the end of the day. Maybe that character itself will be telling because here we have a country that is malfunctioning. So you need people who can stay in and fight to make sure that that country is transformed. So it's not, uh, we are not only talking about a situation where you read um, uh, big, big English and then manifestos and things like that. It's the character of the person there to stay in and slug it out uh, when things go tough. And so I, I really um, don't think that he'll be able but to. Let, let, let's test this whole thing about staying in and slugging it out. John Bodie said the same thing. <clears throat> But if I'm in there, I'm suffocating. I mean, my views are not heard. Nothing I say is working. I can't stay in there, suffocate and die. I have other views. I have other avenues to, to get to the same thing I want to do, to be president, to change the country, to lead a country. Why will I stay in there for the sake of party and, and suffocate and, and die with my ideas? I, I don't have to do that, do I? Well, uh, then if you don't mind, I'll use myself as an example. You know what happened to me in the past. It's never crossed my mind to fight from outside. Because you see, um, but you didn't, are, as far as I know, you didn't want to be president. You just wanted to serve the party. You didn't want to be president. He wants to be president. And the constitution gives him other avenues. And he's chosen that. Well, well, unless, of course, you wanted to be president and we didn't know. Uh, 
No, you are moving things around. I mean, here is the principle. I was talking about the principle of who's staying in and slugging it out. And I moved it from what has happened now, even to the presidency, being a president. It is not going to be about wanting to be president. It's going to be about wanting to come issues facing Ghana and your abilities to stay in fight when things are So those things can be compared. In my case, there were issues. I had a choice to move out and say, I'm pissed off. I'm not going to get involved in politics anymore. But I decided to stay in and, and slug it out. So, so I never moved. I'm not moving out of the new patriotic party. It's not for anybody. I'm going to stay in there. Are a lot of people, my dear friend, look, it's amazing. Eh? My, my, I have dear friends. John Bode is my very, very dear friend. Very, very dear friend. But once or another time, he was in trouble in the new patriotic party. He got out of trouble, became a general secretary, uh, and people get into trouble. Even one to me was once upon a time suspended. So people go through so much within a political party. Uh, sometimes you may be influential, other times you may be on the fringes and, and, and other things. But I think quitting should be the last thing on your mind. To me, it is a measure of your ability to slug things out when the going gets tough. Regardless, because nothing in this world is easy. Absolutely nothing. I see. So if you just want to be president for the sake of being president, that's a different thing. And that's where I depart from Chemati. However, I don't take anything away from his contributions to the party. He's well for the party, but I see him as an opponent now. And, and I really and truly do not believe that um, he can form a machinery strong enough to beat the MPP. I see. Um, Haruna, a lot has been said. Um, um, uh, Sweeney said a few things, and I'm sure a number <laughs> of things have also been said. But um, he, uh, Samir Krab is saying that, Samir Krab is saying that we should be worried about Alan's spoiler candidacy. He calls it a spoiler candidacy. He will just pour votes for the MPP. And I understand his campaign will be launched in your stronghold, which is his base as well, Ashanti region. That should obviously make you worried. Um, definitely. Um, as a political party, once he was with us and he has taken uh, a leave of us, uh, we must be very worried because it is one vote counts in election. One vote counts. Uh, however, the national leadership of the party uh, is taking uh, cognizance of this particular matter and uh, we are dealing with it uh, from the base of the party to make sure that uh, we now consider Alan as uh, a political opponent, just like Sami Krab has said. Um, the way we treated him when he was within and decided to go out of the race will be different from how we we'll treat with him uh, as uh, uh, the leader so of you the movement. So now you treat him like you treat NDC, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so uh, he's another party, virtually just a party now. Uh, we have to handle it as such. I like uh, most of the portions that uh, Sami Krab has raised. He talked about that um, it's like a moon. Uh, today it will be on your side, tomorrow it be on your side. You can remember in 2007, uh, Alan was the systems candidate. Mm -hmm. uh, all manner of things were being done. I come from Zabzugu. Uh, the DC for Zabzugu was sacked. Alassane Yakubu Bukhari, uh, Yakubu Bukhari was sacked uh, because he was not supporting Mr. Alan. A lot of other people were frustrated. We know they were sad because yeah. of that. Uh -huh. So, um, <laughs> Akufuado had his own share. He stayed in. Uh, Diet Mensah wanted to become 
president, Akuntatu, uh, uh, His Excellency John Atekum Kufo. I contested with him. Uh, he, didn't, he couldn't make it. Uh, Professor Adubwahim contested, became the flag bearer, and then came and lost to Jay uh, Kufo. Uh, A lot of other people, uh, I believe in the concept that you stay and then uh, uh, fight on to be able to achieve what you want. But he has decided to uh, go out, and we still respect his decision and also uh, uh, acknowledge his contribution mm -hmm. to the new patriotic party. In fact, we use most of uh, the achievement that the government has through his ministry, just as the general secretary has counted, because an achievement of the party. Um, I just want to make one uh, correction. Uh, when my good brother said that he could have corrected me mm -hmm. uh, when I was speaking, mm -hmm. if you read Article 13, mm -hmm. uh, one, which is about election of the presidential candidate. Of your constitution. Of the Constitution. Of the constitution. And then you read further to Article 13.19. It talks about selecting of five candidates. All that process is talking about the selection process. The Article 13.2 talks about voting in the presidential primaries. Mm. So that Article 13.19, which is one of the process, which is the definition to the super delegates conference, would have to go through election. So the Constitution uh, 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 demarcated Article 13.2.2. That Article 13.2 is the voting in presidential primaries. And that particular nine is part of the process. So you can't entirely discuss Article 13.1.9 of the voting without coming through how the voting is being done. So the 2.2 clearly defines how voting is done. And that is where it says that where there is more than one contestant, each delegate will cast his or her vote by secret ballot for one of the candidates. This is very clear. So that is what I want to straighten up. This one is towards the election. It's just the process. And uh, this I is see. one but, but he raised, of the, the process. The point he raised is quite fit, uh, yeah, know, no, but, but fatal point. No, but and, and it, it, it doesn't sit in here because mm. what he is saying is talking about the, the process. Mm. Then when the process comes, what is the election time? This, is the, the, this provision talks about election. Mm. And... The super delegates conference is one of the process to the primaries of the elections because if you have less than so, so the primaries what you did is not primaries. The yeah, primaries it's, it's one of the process. Is, yeah, it's one of the it's, it's one of the process. So this is the primaries. It's, it's, it's voting in primaries. Mm. So it's one of the processes in the primaries. Uh, it's one of the processes in the primaries. Yeah, the you, super you, you delegates. You yes, you have more. You have more than ten, and you have more than five. Mm. And then when you have more than five, Good. it's. You are still making yeah, you, presidential you have primaries. To establish a system yes. of selecting five. And that yeah. is where the two that five that selection. Let me tell you. Now let me let me tell you. First and the point is that yeah. that that process of establishing and getting the five. The Article 13.2 defines how the voting is done. So I think the point is no. The suggestion that, that, is that no. The, the that suggestion is, it. is that it defines no, how the voting the is done. The suggestion is that you make it like how you do for the vice. No, we don't make it. This no. is a This is a constitution. We are talking about com constitution, no, bro, not what bro, people. Bro, uh, let, me, uh, let me. No, no. Please, please, please. No, no. That's why I'm asking. No, no. Please, please. Please. No, no. Please. You should join the MPP. You should join the MPP. Because the road will become very tough. You should join the MPP. So once you're done with the point, I'm not done. So what he's talking about is entirely different from what that particular provision is talking about. It's talking about election. Whichever process that is leading up to the primaries is going to take form of Article 13.2.2 of the party's constitution. And some comments were made. You talk about 
Sami Krab, you talk about Ebu, you talk about Ajaku, what they said about the and you I think you mentioned John Buido. I don't think John Buido had mentioned had said something against like the party is is being hijacked. Well, John Buido yes. says you stay in the party and make it. Yeah, so that is it. But yes, they are all saying yes, but, problems. And but, I'm saying but he was talking about a pie shadow. Yes, but that one, Phil Shadow, but John Boydo has not said that. did not say that. So I want to just establish. No, you said, when you were mentioning the name, John Boydo's name was mentioned. You don't go out. Yeah, his name was mentioned when you were talking about the Phil Shadow. And his name is not. And is he? I'll give you a few seconds. I'm not done. No, but you need to speed up. I'm not done. I'm very surprised that he says that the Nana Akufuado. Uh, and the MPP <laughs> has 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 become so violent in such a nature that uh, everything is not going on well. But mm. he has forgotten that uh, John Ramani Mahama has said that their party, they are the paramount chiefs of violence, and because they are from it, the maybe he says so because he no, realized that no, no, you guys were beating him. <laughs> no, no, we are not because they said they are the so paramount. You have, you have, you have no, to remind you, you that you, know, he, you are dealing with the the they are, they are, the, the, they are the his royal highness when it comes to violence. <laughs> <laughs> they are from revolutionary rules, but it is also not correct that um, the first time seven people have died in an election. It's not true. When you check, when you check on, your, on your portal, 10th of December 2020, mm. you reported that the police had reported five deaths, not seven. No, but, and, but, and, no, no, so, no it, 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 I even thought it was eight. In fact, some people if say you check now, yeah, it I has not. People are saying, but that, that is what the police, that is what the police has reported. That is what the one. So even the one, that is where I'm coming. I'm coming. I have an import. I have an import. You know what happened in Cherkony? I'm not surprised. You know, people died. This is not the first time people die in elections. People died. No, but, but is that yes, the no, but no, Many years it shouldn't go that like that. But it is not that. It is because it is happening under one particular government. But it happens in several other instances. In, in a general people election. Even one in, death in is not... In general elections, it's, 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 people who die. Should, shouldn't, should, shouldn't be evaluated to say it's positive. Even one death. Like mm. the way what, you like get like it. the guy uh -huh. who so, lost his one eye. Yes, like the let my vote count. The way no, no, he no, lost talking his about eye. The, talking about, the, no, but I'm also talking about the, the eye. You know, the, the, these are the, several the, eyes. The let my vote to he lost the eye and he died out of that. So these are things that... And then, strongly, National Council meeting, he says that if the, uh, the president is not there, that's not true. Mm. The last National Council meeting we had, the president was not there. Mm. The, we had a National Council meeting on the 20th. That was my, 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 my daughter's birthday, 20th of July. The, mm. the president was not there. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. so it's not a very National Council meeting that the president is there. He's they, a they, member. They don't wait of, for him. Uh, the president is a member. The National yeah. Council, in fact, is chaired by he the chairman. He finished cooking everything, see, so he didn't have to be in the you see, last two you meetings. See, you see, he does for the last two <laughs> meetings. You, you see, he wasn't there. See, I can't <laughs> challenge him, but I'm telling you, he has finished cooking there. You see, the National Council is chaired by the National Chairman of the party. So it doesn't need the President to be there before the National Council sits. So it is not correct. If you say Akufado had indebted the party, he has done what and what. But John Mahama was cited for Amajaro. He came into government, then he had the bus, Brandon, the Airbus, and all that. So these are, these are examples, clearly, if we have to all go, we will be giving examples of leaders who have done things in the past and came into government and did worse than that. But the MPP and Anana we are very focused, and the MPP will make sure that we we'll make the amends well. and make sure that we bring we, we need, uh, we need to, back we need to, power into very well. We need to transition. So, so uh, Inusa, uh, I'm not calling you, Inusa. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, because the first we are going to call you, Inusa. Yes, I'm the only one calling you who I've known for many years. 
always come to me. Oh, I've been many years. Sweeney. So, yes, uh, I think maybe yes. it's because my senior brother comes, he comes here, here more, more often than I maybe. do. Maybe. So, so maybe you we know, need to, yeah. You know, uh, so, so, so just, just two minutes, wrap it up. I'll try. Me. I'll try. Um, I, I will not uh, respond to many of the issues that uh, my brother has tried to uh, address because I am convinced that uh, even in his attempt, he has not taken away uh, anything that I said uh, from the beginning. Okay. But I just want to make it clear that when you look at their constitution, 1322 mm. may be for voting, but mm. 1319 also requires a certain process yeah. that can be that can be used not to disadvantage any of the 10 mm. in this particular case. There were 10 candidates, right? Yeah. Salom. I, though I was a science student in secondary school, I didn't like math very much. <laughs> but I'll try to put it in a mathematical formula to suggest to Prof. Haruna and others that indeed you can still go through a process that will ensure that the council, uh, that's what they are called, eh? the, the super delegates, mm -hmm. will have one vote for each of the five uh, for each of the five, which will still satisfy 13 to 2, where one vote is done. Because their, their task is simple. You have 10 candidates. They are supposed to select five. So that that five will now be taken through a voting process to choose one. So when you have, what it therefore means is that you have to find, as we say in mass, I will use the letters, a, B, X, Y, Z. So you have to find A. So because in every, in every contest, if you have 10 people, it means one against nine, one against nine, one against nine. Are you getting it? Mm. So let's say A against nine, mm. B against nine, X against nine, Y against nine, Z against nine. So that process of selecting will find A, B, X, Y, Z. So that is where you allow them to go in and find A, B, X, Y, Z. Mm. In that process, they will be entitled to vote in one contest. So that means you have five contests. You have A, B, X, Y, Z contests. So they choose one in each of the five. Mm. And in that choice, when it is aggregated, you find the five. Mm. That way you don't disadvantage anybody. Because their, de their decision, if you allow it to choose who is a winner has an impact on the general, on the general election. election. So you don't do that unless you want to do it deliberately. And that's why I'm saying that clearly that voting system was skewed. Mm. You cannot no. run away from it. No. If, if, you, if, you, if you look at Article 13.1.9 and you apply this X, A, B, X, Y, Z principle that I use, you would have come out with a better process that would have been fair to Very all candidates. To wrap up, to wrap up, to wrap up, Salam, I just want to uh, 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 appeal to Ebo, and maybe uh, many who may have also been taken into that movement of forming unity government, that look, sometimes I have a feeling that as a people, we really know what we want. Mm. We just fail to identify it when we see it. And we keep searching. Mm. I mean, for example, Sami Krab made, gave the, 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 the examples of uh, Freddie Blay and others in government and uh, Ndum and others. 
But look, if it is about CSOs sitting in cabinet, CSO, leaders of civil society organizations sitting in cabinet, and, you know, technocrats and academicians sitting in cabinet, President Mahama, as president, appointed Professor Nana Jane Opoku from the academia, appointed uh, uh, Nanoye, who was, until her appointment, was one of the leading activists in this country in terms of human rights abuses and all of that. I lie. In fact, even during her vetting, some of them claimed that they did not even have the NDC card. Mm. Do you understand? Professor uh, uh, John Dramani Mahama again appointed Raymond Atuguba. You remember, from academia. Talk about civil society organizations. I mean, Sule Garba and others were all in government. You know, and these were not people who were just, who didn't have standing in the field that they played in. What, heck, heck, let me even land with that. Mm. Even a blind man was appointed a minister of state. What didn't he, what didn't he, you know, endure? As a result of these things, as a result of these things, that's what I'm saying sometimes, we don't even recognize <laughs> no, it. But there was no MPP person in government. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I, I need to make no, it What I'm saying is that, we were talking about getting people, yeah. you know, from civil society, from academia, and I'm saying that, we have been there. We have we have a leader who has demonstrated his ability to do that, mm, to, to rise above the partisanship were, were and give NDC opportunities members. and give opportunities to people yes. based, based on their competence. Mm, and and I'm telling that all these people, Professor Raymond Atuguba, uh, Zule Garba, Nana Jenopoku, Naoyelita, uh, 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 and others came with a lot of experience from the fields that they operated mm. in. And that, no wonder, no wonder that he was able to leave the, the, the legacies that he left, the development. Today, he's called the infrastructure king, mm. not because Who? he slept and dined, you know, <laughs> at the presidency. <laughs> Clearly, President Mohammed, the, the unprecedented <laughs> levels of infrastructure that he established uh, cannot be contested. The policy, the policies, when it comes to speak to people in, in, in uh, 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 diplomatic circles, they'll tell you when it comes to policy, you know, President Mohammed's government was second to none. And well. it is because I, I all of these people yeah. impacted, yeah. you know, uh, 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 the governance that, that, that he provided. Look at the gender ministry. Since Nan, since Nano Yil left that gender ministry, has it been has it been as it was then? Great, great points there. Well, so, so this is a big issue. Um, Ninety-seven point three City FM and on City TV and on Facebook. Frank, yeah, Franklin, Franklin Kujo is on. But we we'll made a transition to the next issue. I'll take a short break. When we come back, so guys, thanks so much. Uh, 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 Sami Krab, former national vice chairman of the MPP. Thanks so much for, for for speaking to us on this. And your views, you know, have, have been very much appreciated. Ebu uh, Bachman, spokesperson for Alanchi Mantinkabe, who wants more time. Uh, thanks so much, but we'll talk more. Um, and, and Haruna Mohammed, Deputy General Secretary of the MPP. Thanks, guys, for, for, for being on the program and your views. Well appreciated. We'll, we'll take a short break. When we come back, we we'll then move to the discussion on the Kolibu kidney dialysis fee increment and, and what that means for us. Um, uh, 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 Alassane Suini, Franklin Kujo uh, will be on that panel. Dr. Thomas Anaba former medical director of Ridge Hospital, uh, Major Kojoa Hinkra, who is a kidney patient, will also be on that panel. Uh, this is the big issue. Don't go away. Presbyterian Boys Secondary School Prosec 
hits the big 8-5. As part of the 85th anniversary celebrations, Presbyterian Boys Secondary School and the Odadia Global Association presents the Presec at 85 Grand Derba on the theme, Building Upon a Legacy of Excellence. Come experience the biggest gathering of students, staff and Odadias. Date, Saturday 30th September 2023. Venue, the Presec School Grounds at 10 a.m. sharp. The chairman for the occasion, the Right Honorable Professor Odadia Mike Okwe, the former Speaker of Parliament, and our special guest of honor, His Excellency Nana Ado Dankwai Kufuado, President of the Republic of Ghana. The dress code. Come in your Presec at 85 Anniversary Cloth. Since 1938, we've been consistent in building upon a legacy of excellence for Mother Ghana, Africa, and the world. Welcome back to the big issue. Um, we uh, move to the next issue. I mean, sometime late last week, early this week, we saw a press statement from the Kolebu Teaching Hospital. We said that it had increased uh, the, the renal dialysis cost from 380 cities to 765 cities. And this has been met with outcry from the public who are concerned about affordability of the treatment. Dialysis is a life-saving treatment for people with kidney failure. It removes waste products and excess fluid from the blood when the kidneys are unable to do so. However, it is a costly treatment and many people in Ghana cannot afford it. In an interview with City News, some of the patients uh, or some of the people who rely on dialysis treatment at the Kolebu Teaching Hospital express their concern about the price increase. Management of the hospital clarified that it has not yet implemented the review dialysis cost announced by the facility. There is more in the following report. A notice by the head of the dialysis unit at the center has announced an increment in the cost of dialysis treatment. The price has risen from 380 Ghana cities to 765.42 Ghana cities. This announcement has received mixed reactions from the public. I heard that they have increased the dialysis. And what I can say is that even the 380 Ghana cities, they can't afford. And today you can see that 700 and something Ghana cities, then people are going to die. Because when you look at the situation, even to, for Kolebu to even do some subsidy on this dialysis, is possible. Yeah, patient cannot pay. Go even 368, uh, 380 something Ghana cities. When you come, even the machines, there's no reagent there. When you go there, they say they are doing only emergency. So people are dying. People are dying. So now it's 700 and something. How can they pay with this economy? And if you read the notice, the indication is that the price had moved from the current point to almost 700 Ghana cities. In fact, in excess of 700 Ghana cities. Um, I got alarmed by that particular notice because I know people who go for dialysis um, sometimes three times in a week and they need to do that plus or minus um, 12 times in a month. And so if the person needs to do it 12 times in a month and he has him to pay um, in excess of several cities per session, just do a simple calculation. That's huge. 
you need to have those of income or money to be able to sustain that. If there is any way, is it possible that national health insurance can even intervene? Is it possible? So that we can look at all the scenarios, the possibility of national health insurance getting involved to, as it were, to minimize the impacts on uh, persons who go for their dialysis every um, week. According to the hospital, they have met with the patient privately to discuss the fees. In addition to the increment in dialysis treatment, the hospital has resumed its routine operations at the dialysis center. This positive development comes after the hospital received a much needed consignment of renal consumables. Previously, the center had to temporarily close down due to a shortage of the medication required for renal dialysis. Mustafa Salifu, the public relations officer of the Kolebu Teaching Hospital, explains that the treatment interruption occurred due to contractual issues with the supplier. We had some contractual issues with the suppliers of the consumables that we used to do the renal dialysis. And that caused some delay uh, in getting the, the consumables uh, imported into the country for uh, services to our patient. But thankfully, last week, we took delivery of uh, those consumables and then uh, we are starting to provide the service from today to the patients. All right, so that was uh, that report which tells us about the increase in the fee for dialysis. That has since been re re reversed. And the health minister summoned the management of Kolebu Teaching Hospital for a meeting. Um, I start off with um, you, uh, uh, Suhin, you are in parliament, just briefly. You know, these are agencies. Uh, we know about the, the Fees and Charges mm. Act, which, uh, which, which tells us how uh, certain agencies of government must charge, etc. The fees must be approved by parliament. Um, tell us the process. How does it work? And how come, in your view, this didn't go through that process? It just came up all of a sudden, and people had to pay a new price or a new fee. Well, um, I think, the f uh, first of all, there's a need for one to commend the First Sky Group Limited. Mm -hmm. uh, when the story broke, we, uh, I, I, I will speak for myself, I found out that uh, the First Sky Group has been taking care yes. of 60% uh, mm -hmm. of uh, patients that... Uh, go to the renal unit mm. at the Kolobi Teaching Hospital. And I think uh, it is commendable. And they have been doing so in the last uh, eight years. Wow. And there's a need for us to uh, commend them and hope that other uh, agencies like them will uh, continue to do the great things that they do in the quiet in support mm. of, of, of this country. Um, people were upset, and rightly so, because when it was unconstitutional for the, I mean, uh, illegal, let me put it that way, for yeah, the yeah. Uh, unit to uh, increase the rates the way they did. And I also think that uh, it's appeared a bit insensitive given the economic uh, circumstances that we all find ourselves. And the fact that this is a matter of life and death, it is not one that you can choose to do or not to do uh, not doing uh, the dialysis means uh, you are dying. 
and 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 so I think that uh, a matter like that shouldn't have been handled in that like like uh, uh, way, and so people were uh, rightly uh, upset. Uh, the Fees and Charges Act uh, of 2020, that's Act uh, 1080, uh, outlines what departments, agencies, and ministries have to go through in order to get their fees approved, and that wasn't done. And so I'm not surprised that the hospital had to be called to order by the ministry because uh, the responsibility is more with the ministry. The minister, even though um, um, gets these fees and charges approved annually, has the uh, power to also uh, periodically review the fees and charges of agencies and departments under him. And it is based on that review that uh, uh, rates can either go up or come down. And if all of that wasn't done, uh, the ministry did right by instructing the agents, in this case Kolebu, to suspend the, 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 the rates. I am, however, surprised that the CEO um, uh, suggested that the management had not approved the fees. And yet, it was a notice was put out. And it was actually implemented because some people paid and there are receipts to show. And you had even the hospital PRO uh, speaking to the media and justifying, you know, the increment. It, it brings to mind the kind of management structure that may exist at Kolebu. Mm. I mean, why, unless, of course, the CEO was just being diplomatic and trying to manage a very bad situation. Otherwise, it will be uh, telling for a unit to implement a decision without management approval. A decision that, you know, uh, affects human life without management approval. I think that it, it, it yeah. doesn't tell very well on the, on the, on the management of the hospital. Very but well. I want to use this uh, opportunity to also commend the Tamale Teaching Hospital mm. for the yeoman's job that they do uh, in this regard. Um, if you uh, look at the uh, data, the Tamale Teaching Hospital serves... Um, um, almost all the northern regions, northern part of the country. yes, the northern part of the country when it comes to uh, dialysis uh, services. And unlike the South, you do not even have private, you know, institutions also providing this service. In fact, my understanding is that some come as far as Burkina Faso mm. uh, to Tamale to undertake uh, dialysis. And they just have five kits, you know, at the Tamale Teaching Hospital. And the pressure, you can imagine, uh, that uh, exists on these uh, five uh, uh, kits. And unlike Kolebu, again, they do not have the pleasure of getting support from any private entity mm -hmm. to absorb the fees. But Selom, interestingly, interestingly, the Tamale Teaching Hospital also ac acquire or purchase their uh, consumables, uh, consumables from the from same, the same vendor, mm. from the same vendor here in Accra. And guess what? They have to even transport their regents you know, they are consumables from Accra to Tamale. Yet, they are still charging 300 Ghana cities uh, per session uh, as against uh, uh, 380. That is done here in, in Accra. Mm. And now being uh, uh, contemplated to be raised to about 780. Uh, 60. So, 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 I think that the Tamale Teaching Hospital deserve commendation. They must be doing something right. If they are charging less, even though they get the consumables at the same price, and then they transport it 
to, to Tamale. So we need to interrogate the issues. But mm -hmm. there must be uh, 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 agreement when it comes to the fact that prices of goods have skyrocketed. Mm -hmm. There are many reasons for that. Mm. But one of the things we cannot run away from is the charges mm. that importers have to pay at the port. At the port Tell yeah. them, it is crazy. In mm. some cases, the charges have, have, have quadrupled, mm. you know, within a very short period of time. Mm. A 40-footer container that, uh, you know, used to be cleared at about uh, uh, 3,000, uh, I mean, at about 1,971, you know, Ghana cities is now being cleared at about 3,348. Mm. And that was in January. I'm sure it's even, mm. it, that was in October last year. I'm sure it's even higher no. as we speak now. So it, it's it, all of these impact on the prices that we are having to pay for goods and services uh, out there. And it just tells you the need for us to all get our loins and work for change to Very give well. this country a new. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, fresh of life. Very well. Let, let me speak to Major Kojo Ahinkra, who is a kidney patient. Um, he's been undergoing dialysis uh, to understand from him how much of a difficulty this increase in fee would, would have been to him if indeed it was allowed to, to, to continue as in, in implementation. Uh, Major Ahinkra, welcome to the program. Thank you. Yes. Um, can you tell us how often, for example, you go for your dialysis uh, session in a week and how long you've been doing this? Um, I've been doing it for, I've been on the machine for eight years. Mm. Eight years. And uh, I was supposed to do three times a week. But honestly speaking, the means is not there. So I do twice a week. I see. So twice a week by eight years, that should be a lot of money uh, on, on your pocket. And I'm sure a lot of the, your, your reserves from your service to this nation as a, as a military officer would have been going through that. Is there a way or do you have any assistance from any source in, in doing this? Honestly uh, speaking, it has been a um, few friends, colleagues, and then some benevolent people who normally comes in to assist uh, in doing it. Like on Ramos, I mean, he said, uh, the first guy group has been there to support us. So that has been a little bit, that has pushed us a little bit uh, in going through these eight years. I, I see. So obviously, uh, the increase, or were you part of those who, who, who were charged in the early stage or early hours of this implementation of the new fee? Were you a victim or a part of that, just quickly? Yes, I'm part of that. Oh, so you no, paid no, us? No. no, 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 no. Okay. When, when the charge, when the new charge came, before the new charge came, the unit was closed down because the consumables were shut. So the unit was closed around May 22nd or 21st or so this year. Since from that time, we've not gone there to have any dialysis because they didn't have the consumables. So when they were about to resume, that was just yeah, last week, Monday. When we were told that uh, the price has been increased from 380 to 765.42. Yeah. But since that increment came, I have not been there to have any session. I tried going there, I think, uh, yes, no, Thursday to find out. But I was told, even though there was a press release that they should go back and take the 380, when I went to the unit, 
I was told that the 760 is still in the system. The system has not been changed to the old price, but the system is still having the 765.42. So I even ask that, so if they are not ready, why did they then come up with the press statement that they should go back and take the old price while the system has not been changed? Uh, I see. So for, since May, that is, the place was closed. Why were you doing it? Why were you, how were you managing your dialysis sessions? Uh, like Honorable Moses, I mean, the other private ones are gone. So I was going to the bank hospital. I can't, can't remember. That is where I was going. Mm. Yeah. And then how is it, the fee there? Is it, how, how is it in, in comparison to what Kolebu charges? Uh, the bank hospital is taking 5.5 per session. Mm. I see, 550 CDs per session. Yes, I, I see. Thank you so much. Just hang, hang in there for us, please. Um, Dr. Anaba, uh, you are a former director of, of a medical facility, the, the Ridge Hospital, the Greater Accra Regional Hospital. Welcome to the program. Um, can you take us through the processes? I mean, if you want to increase uh, the fees for some of your products or your services, uh, what processes do you go through? How do you do that? What steps do you go through as management? Yeah, thank you very much. Good afternoon to you, or good morning to you and your cherished viewers. I think uh, as a hospital, if you want to increase fees uh, of any of the services, uh, you have to look at all the inputs. One, the human cost, uh, the equipment that would be involved in it, uh, that you need, the maintenance of it, electricity. In the case of dialysis, you have to look for water purification system. And then you have to look at uh, uh, other amenities, that cleaning and all other things. Then you use all that, and then you come out with the price. Uh, uh, so for a dialysis, the most frequent thing that you need to procure is the, the consumables, which is the filters uh, and the tubing that you need to and you keep that one aside. Then you look at the machine itself and the lifespan, how many people uh, uh, can use it uh, for a, how many times we can use it before we, we change it, you factor that one in place. You look at the electricity consumption that uh, uh, would, would be incurred during the process, then you put it. Then you now look at the human resource, how you are going to pay the people who are going to work there and add something small, at least for some profit for the maintenance. Uh, so, uh, that is how we try to factor in or come about of a price for a particular service in any, in any hospital. Uh, come to think of uh, widows in private, that is what you do. But if you are in government, though you factor in the human cost, uh, you have to know that government is paying all the staff that are working in government hospitals. So therefore, a, a hospital that is being taken care of by government uh, it's rather <laughs> even charging more than private hospitals <laughs> that are taking care of their, their staff, including all the other uh, things. So I think in a nutshell, that is how we arrive at the cost of a service that we provide. I see. So from all that you've told us, you know, I, I'm, I'm drawing on your experience from the Ridge Hospital because it's a public institution. So after that, you tell your board, your board takes it to the ministry, the ministry takes it to parliament. How does it work? 
Yes, when you do that and finish, you, if you are a Ghana Health Service uh, facility, you have to take it to Ghana Health Service, to the Director General. He will, he will forward it to the Minister, and the Minister will then forward it to uh, Parliament. Uh, when we did in REACH, when we finished uh, constructing REACH and we launched it, before we launched it, we had some pricing uh, for all the services that uh, we thought we were going to do, and that, that was given to the minister. We couldn't implement it. So there is no institution in Ghana, that, a government institution, that can go uh, uh, solo in, in introducing prices that has not been improved, uh, approved by parliament or approved by the sector minister and forwarded to parliament for approval. So that is the process. So you get the experts, team of experts who are going to be involved in the process, give you an idea, you get your accounts people to do the calculations, and then you say this service would cost this much. Then you forward it to the sector minister or the Ghana Health Service director general if you're under Ghana Health Service. I, I see. Thanks so much. Uh, um, let, let me speak to Franklin Kujo now. Franklin, uh, um, uh, quite an elaborate process you go through before uh, you, you have the implementation of new fees and charges. How come that a, a huge institution like Kolebu obviously knows that, you know, because they've been doing that in the past. How come all of a sudden this particular one failed to go through that test and got implemented, systems reconfigured to reflect the new charges, you know, etc. Like, like Major Hinkra said, that the 765 figure is still in the system. And yet we have the managing, the uh, chief executive officer telling us that it has not been implemented or it's not been approved. I mean, just put all of that together for us. I, I, I don't know. Well, this is a public institution yet again, and uh, it's in the news. And uh, I'm not entirely surprised. Uh, I must I must admit, though, that the the price increase is quite outrageous. Uh, it's, it's, it's just too high. Uh, and I'm wondering what the process would have been to the extent that the CEO is now suggesting that uh, at each point in time, uh, of all the levels that the pricing, uh, what's it called, the approval process had to, to go through, the, I mean, none of this was realized. Even at the financial, uh, sorry, at the, at the point of collection, right? I thought that was where these matters could have been uh, quickly flagged. So, uh, frankly, I don't understand it either. <laughs> I'm just surprised. Uh, but I think the substantive issue here is about the cost of uh, Medicare in this country, which essentially for certain critical illness, like the ones we are talking about, is, is quite, uh, quite telling when it comes to the way we've managed it. I'm a stickler for private sector participation in some of these things, uh, especially when the did I call it the fees or the licensing regime as such that the private sector can take up some of these very difficult, uh, you know, challenges in the health sector and then deal with it. But as it is, the policy, the, the public policy approach, basically public, public policy guiding healthcare in this country has always been politicized. And to the extent that this, this, this is one of them, it's not surprising at all, but certainly this pricing system was a bit of a fiasco. I don't know whether the CEO is to be believed or the the the, the PRO who initially came up with the fee structure spoke to it as well should be believed. Whatever it is, there's a there's a there's a there's a disconnect within the chain of management, which I can understand happens everywhere, but until the APRO. I don't think we're going to hear this contested, contesting or contested 
the testimonies as to what exactly led to the to the price hike. Whatever it is, uh, we can also gloss over the fact that the, 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 the indeed the our economy has already caused some of these challenges, these changes to occur price wise. We have to deal with it. But holistically, I think the health sector needs a whole total 360-degree look. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, uh, um, Haruna, uh, I mean, uh, people who need healthcare, dialysis, etc., some of these people are, really don't have, some have money, others don't. Increasing this without recourse to the processes uh, is a bit harsh, uh, illegal. Uh, but how did we get here? Is it a breakdown of, of order, leadership, you know? Why, how did we get here? Uh, Salam, I think this is very unfortunate. Um, health, the health of the people must not be taken for granted at all. Uh, and I don't think that there's any justifiable reason for what has happened. Uh, first and foremost, I would want to commend the health minister for uh, making sure that he got into this particular matter and called the management of Kolebu to have a meeting and put a stop uh, to what is currently ongoing. Um, what we must all know is that health is, is important to everybody. Health doesn't know political parties. Uh, health doesn't know age. Health doesn't know your, your gender and what have you. Uh, some of these things that are laid down procedures as to how uh, such increments are being uh, made. If that is so, uh, I, I, I don't understand why um, all of a sudden a unit can just get up and then uh, go ahead to implement a new fee. Not just implement, but even put it in the system that has not been approved. Then you don't ask yourself, who checks the system? Mm -hmm. Because we have, we have different ways of at which we measure quality. Because we have quality assurance and we have quality uh, 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 there are two. It's quality assurance and one. So there should be somebody who is checking that. How did it come that these fees have been fixed even into the system when the reversal is cost and then they can still go uh, and have access to the old prices? I don't wish anybody to be on this dialysis. Mm. I've had a brother who has been on the dialysis um, from Ababu. Uh, we've lost him some one month ago. And mm. I, I, I feel very pity. I, I don't wish to have anybody on it. And those on it, I pray for them to uh, get a very speedy uh, recovery from it because it's, it's not something that uh, we should be uh, laughing over. It's something that we must take serious as Ghanaians. And I'm very happy that uh, uh, Honorable Suyini uh, is recounting of what is happening even at the Tamale Teaching Hospital. Uh, clearly, you see that there's transportation cost from Tamale to uh, from Accra to Tamale, but they still charge as low as three three hundred. If that is true, and you are charging three hundred and eighty, you want to send it there. I think that there should be that consensus. Health minister should look into that and see how costing of some of these things go into. Because I know transportation is one of the factors when you are costing. So if you are here and the same company is here, you buy from that company here. What has changed? Is it that in terms of quality, there's quality difference between them? No. If that is so, I think that the health minister should take a step further to ensure that there is unanimity in terms of costing because health is a concern to all of us and we must all speak to making health a, 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 a place where all of us will have it because it can just happen from here. We can get up and anything can happen and you want to seek for health care. Let's look at it very carefully and then give uh, uh, good health 
to the citizens of Ghana. Uh, Sweeney, is there anything Parliament can do beyond the, the you know looking at the fees and charges and, and passing it and all of that uh, in a situation like this? Uh, of course, the free market economy as well, but these are public institutions: uh, Tamale Teaching Hospital, Kolibu Teaching Hospital, etc. Having various different rates of fees for the same thing, and you are just telling us that they buy their consumable from the same source. Tamale, for example, must factor in bigger cost of transportation, etc. I don't know if it's a human resource, I don't know what it is that is putting Kolibu above them in terms of cost. And now they want to even double what they are taking. I don't know what Parliament can do about that. Is there a way Parliament can intervene and harmonize you know, the fees and make it more affordable so a lot more people in the same situation uh, can have health care? Well, yes, Parliament has a role to play. Uh, especially when it comes to streamlining the fees and making it uniform across board. Even if it is not uniform, uh, you take into consideration the different services that are provided. For example, um, um, the price of, say, um, a shoe mm -hmm. uh, in, 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 in a shop by the roadside that doesn't pay electricity because they don't use it, air condition cannot be the same as a price of, uh, uh, of, of the same shoe in a, in, a, in a boutique. I mean, so th you, you, can, you can look at all of that in, in, in approving the fees and charges that are presented before you. But when the difference is, is that astronomical, then uh, the ministry, for example, must be paying attention to the uh, rates oh. that are presented by their uh, uh, agencies for them to forward to Parliament. They must also be looking at the services that are provided by the agencies under them to see if 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 the charges merit mm. the services that they provide. And that's why Act 1080 actually gives the minister the power, even after the approval uh, the approval process, to still review you know, uh, 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 the services and the, and the, and the, and the rates uh, in, the, in the course of the year. But tell them, this discussion uh, brings to focus the pricing regime in this, in this country, generally, generally. Uh, I remember an article I wrote some time ago about the impact of even redenomination on, on pricing in mm -hmm. this country. I mean, for example, it's so easy to increase an item from one CD's uh, to two cities. Uh, but in the past, it would have been very difficult to increase an item from 1,000 to 2,000. You know, the, the, the mind has a way of uh, uh, convincing you that one CD to two CD is insignificant, sure. but 1,000 to 2,000 is huge. And, and yet, it's, 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 so that is the impact of redenomination because we're told the value is the same. Because so one CD to two CD is the same as 1,000 to 2,000. But in the mind, you don't see the value to be the same. But so we need to look at that pricing regime that, that exists in this country where people uh, just wake they just wake up and then they decide that, okay, the, the supplier has increased uh, the goods. And so uh, there is no guiding principle. Uh, there's no range for me. It's just the market that determines if uh, uh, the price is acceptable to them or not. But apart from the pricing regime, we also have to, you know, face the, 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 the fact that uh, 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 taxes 
and and our government's you know desire to 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 just sweep everything i mean squeeze water out of stone it's it's, it's also hurting mm. you know uh, some of these services and the and the prices that they have to charge for it i've just told you that if you monitored the conversation uh, on social media with regards to the dialysis mm. it went alongside you know uh, uh, charges at the ports mm. and that's why i brought that in because initially the thinking was that the reagents the consumables uh, had increased the prices of the consumables had increased because those importing it were now paying higher charges mm. at the ports which yeah. is true because mm. if you look at the the tariffs that people have to pay now when they are bringing in goods and services it's yeah, just sorry. it's just yeah, alarming yeah, i mean for example i saw on social media people complaining about uh, having to pay uh, 7800 thereabout to clear a toyota uh, uh, yes you know uh, at, in the beginning of the year and now having to pay about 15,000 Ghana cities well, to I, clear I, the same uh, uh, you know vehicle I, I, you, you and so if the person is clearing the vehicle to sell mm. in the open market you can imagine how astronomical the price will also be on the open market so Very beyond well, the well. pricing regime which is uh, a, a bit too uh, uh, unbridled, mm. we also have the need of our government. Mm. Major Hinkra, if you have an appeal to make to government and the powers that be, what would that appeal be in respect of the fees, in respect of the service itself, and everything you go through as, as, a, as a kidney dialysis patient? Okay, thank you very much. Um, for the government, in fact, uh, the only thing I can say, like uh, Honorable Salim is saying, the import duties should be scrapped of all the medical consumables that comes to the country. Now, if the government comes to our aid at Kulibu, there will be a lot of pressure on Kulibu because everybody will be coming there. But if the import duty of the consumables are scrapped, those people, the private ones, who can bring their prices down. Because, my brother, honestly speaking, the patient, you are normally about 250. That is the OPD. Those are the world. You don't even know the number yet. And it's not only in Kolibu. There are about 10 private dialysis centers in Naka. All of them have got their patient. So you can imagine the number. So if the government is able to scrap all the commodities on those consumables to bring the price down, it will be very good. And then secondly, the government should come to our aid. The point is, we cannot pay that 775.2. We can't pay. We don't have the money to pay. Me, the only thing I don't want to mention is, I have people who have been supporting me. Even if he has not even got it. He, he, uh, she has to squeeze her money and give it to me to go for dialysis. Please, hmm. we cannot pay this money. I see. We can't pay. Very well. We can't pay. So the government scrap off the import duties on those consumables so that it can bring it very down to everybody. And we have a lot of people on the dialysis point. That's what I'm saying. I can only speak at Kolibu because that's where I go. Very About well. 250 people. Mm. I see. So, Doc. Apart from the taxes, I also mm, just think mm, that. I mean, this, we should begin a discussion to see if the National Health Insurance can take that, care that, of some that, of these. That, that's already. Yeah, you went there. You have that's, that experience. Dr. Anaba, what can we be doing? Health insurance or what, health insurance already overburdened? 30 seconds, please. 
about the health insurance. Yeah, what, what can we do to, to, to help people going through the dialysis and all of that? Well, uh, me or the doctor? No, Dr. Naba. Oh, thank you. Mm. Uh, I think uh, we can do both. One, include it in the health insurance because we don't have so many people uh, uh, needing dialysis, but the need for it is <laughs> just mandatory. Uh, if we can also take out the taxes for anything that is related to dialysis at the ports, it will help reduce the cost for both the government hospitals and the private institutions. So if the private sees that there is no a lot of they don't, they are, they don't have a lot of taxes to pay for dialysis, they can also reduce the price. As we are talking, even even uh, Nyaho is charging less than Kolebu, mm, <laughs> which is a private. Uh, the Tamale Teaching Hospital, just like Suhini said, is charging less than Kolebu. I so see. looking at the consumables, how much does a consumable cost? How many p a patients do we have in Ghana? We have the renal repository in Ghana. We can use that data. They have the, the data of all patients with renal failure. Use that data to estimate how many of them would need dialysis in a day. Let's get a very good uh, uh, policy in this country, at least to give back. The government well. is always in to take in. I but see. doesn't want to give back. Very well. Franklin, uh, what, what can we do? Change Just briefly. Okay. All right. Uh, Franklin is, 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 is gone off. Um, yeah. Haruna, uh, um, just a few seconds. Uh, yes, uh, uh, I think that uh, in terms of the pricing, Honorable Suyini has mentioned, I think that, yes, pricing regime in this country is something that is very bad. The taxes too. Uh, uh, pricing. I'm talking about pricing okay. now. Uh, pricing in this country is something that is very bad. It is attitude now. Um, it is something that not only government can uh, take care of. Mm. It involves everybody, a collective decision of all of us as to how we are going to deal with it. And when you look at, you talk about the port charges. You, mm. you, before, other people maybe might have, might have been charging an illegal fees that they used to beat it down. Mm. Now they have digitalized the system. Mm. Uh, if the thing goes back to the normal, where you would have to pay what it is, then you see that it goes up. I agree with the fact that we should we need to work on the charges that is put on the uh, well. the medical consumable for it. But there is no justifiable reason for Kolegu if Nyaho is charging less than that, Tamale is charging more than Very that. Well. I don't think this could be the cause of Thank a, port, you so much. a port uh, or port charges and all Thank that. Thank you so much. Um, so we, we also we, have we, to address the greed of our government. Thank you so much. How do you buy eighteen phones for Tamale? If you use the health insurance, Franklin Kujo, President of Kojo and Hinkrai kidney patient, Dr. Thomas Anaba, former director, medical director of the Ridge Hospital, uh, for speaking to us on this segment. Thank you so much. My name is Salam Adun. We'll catch you same time next week. Have a fruitful weekend.